This is Pirate Radio, WGHB Farmville, 1250 at 92.7 FM Greenville, WDLX Washington, 930 at 104.1 FM Washington. Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. Hi. 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 Was that supposed to be funny? I got a little taco meat on my chest. Let's get the pumping. Does anyone really care? I know Clip said he, he packed us in, so I'm just glad that I can prove Clip on. So know your role. If you're a star, be a star. If you're a role player, you be the best damn role player there is. It's going to be fun. We in, we, in we in the fig. I mean, everybody going to be loud. I'm going to be loud with them. I'm going to be screaming too. Like, yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's do this. You ready for this? Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Hey, good Friday to you and yours. Welcome in to Pirate Radio Live here on a hot day in eastern North Carolina. Clip Brock here inside the Pirate Radio Studios. Coming to you on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville 104.1. In Washington, we're on 1250-930. Also, you can find us online, pr927fm.com. And you can watch the show on Facebook Live and on YouTube. Make sure you like us on Facebook. We put up a lot of content there, video, also articles, updates on what's going on right here in the Pirate Nation and uh, former Pirates as well. It's all there for you on Facebook. On our YouTube page, you can find great videos like this show throughout the week, The Brian Bailey Show, our ECU postgame videos which uh, we'll have another one for you tonight as east carolina continues their series with the houston cougars and the pirates have won 12 games in a row another victory last night we'll recap that in a moment right here on pirate radio live shirley rhodes is here wearing her green cj schaefer has the flow and no chandler honeycutt today he'll be back with us on monday unless another one of his friends gets married Chandler's Mr. Popular, isn't he? I guess he's got a lot of friends who gets married. Who get married? He has a lot of friends that can pick up women. He needs to figure <laughs> out what they're doing because he's having trouble with that. <laughs> he's not even here to defend himself. I know this that is, is really mean. I should not have said that. But we have to roast him because it's Friday and we're here and he's not. So of course he hey, didn't even compliment you on your new haircut, didn't he? You want to defend yourself? be here show up ass in seats right that's right uh he has not said one thing about my my new look how selfish of him my makeover wonderful yeah splendid it's it's nice i tell you man it got too hot yeah i had to do it i think i'm gonna be next soon i had anxiety on the way home it was so hot yesterday and like (laughs) i was like i'm you know what i'm gonna do something crazy Oh, so this was on a whim. Kinda. Oh, wow. It had been in the works, but it was a pretty quick decision to okay. just go to town. All right. Um, Chandler's not here. We will survive without him. Um, coming up on today's show, Brian North joins us in about 20 minutes or so. We'll talk about everything going on in the world of sports. It is a great sports weekend, an underrated sports weekend. PGA Championship, Preakness, Canes. Pirate baseball, NBA playoffs. USFL, I guess, if you want it. USFL, your uh, international soccer. That's got to be coming down to the wire, right? Your last Premier weekend. Leagues. Last weekend. This is the last weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, All-star race. 
all-star race sunday mm-hmm. texas yeah something for everybody yep that's awesome so uh we'll talk about it with brian north coming up at about 325 uh there is not a darn thing going on in the nfl is there <laughs> i don't know what we're gonna talk to tony about michael vick is joining a random league i saw something about that i didn't really read into it though. well guess what i'll give you the details coming up at four o'clock awesome. uh so we'll talk some nfl uh, with tony dunn maybe break out i want to save this mostly for bryce i don't want to ruin it and do it too much but we might have to play a little five second game with tony dunn we can get a couple games in an hour or two just a little pickup action nothing sanctioned <laughs> it will not go on our records our permanent records but maybe just a little pickup action at four uh morgan aylers joins us at five o'clock saw earlier today that holton aylers is having a football camp his uh first his very own and this will be coming up july 23rd at dh conley high school you can go to holtonaylers.com and register your kid it's his first annual uh youth football camp ages 7 to 15 it's 50 bucks and uh that's pretty cool and so. he said there will be some limited edition apparel at the at the camp too so limited edition apparel there is a water balloon toss oh that sounds fun competitions prizes and more so uh yeah holton Aylers was talking to morgan about that and more coming up at five o'clock also ryan gosney will join us he will be the third coach from ecu club baseball to join us here on pirate radio and they have had uh, a lot of success in that program it is a dynasty gosney was a player as recent as last year he is in his first year as the coach and they are headed to the club baseball world series going on in south carolina next week so we'll give all the details on that we'll talk to ryan in hour three and also mark greenheld's golf shop radio show to uh, talk about what's going on at the pga championship and we'll start there on our rundown because harold varner the third is done for the day but he is not done for the weekend it appears because he is plus two for the tournament uh, just a, a wild day really been a wild tournament for him and you could probably say this about a lot of golfers on the course but i'm really only following harold at this point and just so many chances on putts that he probably should have made that could have had his score much much better than it is but he goes 71 yesterday 71 today he's plus two and the projected cut last time i looked was yeah it's going to be uh plus three so Harold uh, looks like he's going to make it into Saturday and Sunday and uh, make a little cache, play some golf, see if he can challenge the leaders, which right now, JT, Justin Thomas, is at six under par in the lead in Tulsa, Oklahoma at the PGA Championship. Uh, Who drafted JT? Was that you or Chandler? I've got the full list. Can you grab it? It might be right there on my calendar over there. Uh, Because Shirley is in great shape with both will zalatoris and roy mcelroy who are at five under and they just started action here day two of the tournament uh cameron smith i like him a lot he is minus three and hopefully moving up and he just hit one onto the green uh so i'm following him that's about my only threat i think at this point who had jt jt is mine all right i don't know who's got mcelroy Shirley Rhodes has McElroy, McElroy and Zalatoris. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, Shirley Rhodes looking in good uh, shape right now. And if HV3 catches fire, I got all three. All right, relax. Calm down. <laughs> Calm down. 
Uh, so surely in good shape as we, but again, McElroy and Zalatoris just getting underway on this Friday. So we'll keep up with those scores on the Buccaneer Music Hall leaderboard presented by Dub Buck. Dub Buck. Let me uh, see if anybody's talking on uh, Facebook. Susan Deans, of course, is because she says hashtag fire Matt Rule. I have yesterday you asked what she's going to do when Matt Rule gets fired. I think she should keep the same hashtag, just put a D after the E. Fired Matt Rule. Mm -hmm. Make it past tense. Yep. All right. Josh Thomas says, How about them Pirates? How about them? How about them? What a game last night. What a game. Two, Two comeback wins in a row. Uh, bats get hot late. Lots of good pitching again uh, when C.J. Mayhew didn't seem like he was going to have it yesterday, and he didn't. Gave up two runs, or sorry, four runs early on. Uh, lots of guys came in and stepped up, notably uh, Danny Beal uh, and a number of other guys who, for some reason, are escaping my mind right now. But uh, I think we, well, at least I touch on this all the time now. There are a lot of pitchers who have stepped up in the past month or so. Um yeah, you, you mentioned earlier in the week Cliff Godwin's comments about how they're going to have to find somebody other than Mayhew, Sailor, mm -hmm. the norm. And they're finding them all over the place. Danny Bill, three innings of scoreless ball last night, and then Carter Spivey, a three-inning save for East Carolina. Uh, his fifth save of the year. So him and Ben Terwilliger are going back and forth to see who leads the team in saves this year as uh, each of them have been pitching well. Out of the bullpen, Treya Savage goes two-thirds of an inning. And, yeah, C.J. Mayhew, that's his uh, worst start in a long, long time. Mm -hmm. Kind of due for it. He's been pitching so great. But he goes just two and a third. And if you can go – if your starter goes two and a third, gives up four earned, and you get a win, that's, uh, that's impressive. This is the kind of game that it feels like maybe, I don't know, two, two and a half months ago, the Pirates go behind early. They probably don't come back. And the script is flipped on this team. Um, I mean, we can't say it enough. This is this is really the hottest team in the country. And twelve. Yep, twelve straight. And you can you can go down early. You can go down oh, middle innings late. Doesn't really matter. They're gonna fight. Uh, Mike P. I'll get to your line in Facebook Live. I know you worked hard on that, so we'll give you credit. But give us a moment. Uh, heroes last night offensively. Uh, I would like to say congratulations to Zach Agnos on he's now reached base one game in a row, so that's a huge accomplishment. Wonderful. He hates Absolutely. me right now. Absolutely hates my guts. It's really, uh, really bothers me. Well, and I like to think that I don't like don't care what people think about me. I guess there are certain people that I do though, like Mike Mullis. I I, I was really upset that. Uh, that he was upset with me and now zach agnos I, what am i going to do get him some personalized golf balls or something like that might be a rules violation i can't give him anything that's true i don't know what to do these days uh zach agnos three hits knocked in a run scored two runs and uh had an electric triple last night for east carolina the other pirate with uh more than one hit last night was alec makarevich also jacob starling who came up big for East Carolina. So East Carolina as a team last night, pounding out 13 hits in the victory over Houston. Uh, one more thing I want to mention. Last night, you said Mayhew, uh, two and a third, right? Yep. So this is, I mean, you wanted him to go longer last night, obviously, but the bright spot could be the Pirates are going to be playing some baseball early in the week next week. Yeah, Tuesday. They might now have a starter. Yeah, and, you know, you got to stay in that winner's bracket. If you do, you're... 
you know you're playing less games you, you don't want to drop in that loser's bracket have to fight your way out of it so yeah east carolina uh yeah maybe cj getting a little extra rest he goes from thursday to tuesday if he is the starter east carolina scheduled to play around so this is the first game at nine i think so so that would be like 12 30 like in the one o'clock hour sometime next tuesday in clearwater at the AAC tournament let's keep this thing going let's win another one today east carolina taking on houston 6 30 tonight clark leclerc stadium the series and regular season finale coming up saturday at one o'clock at clark leclerc stadium you going tonight cj sure will i'll be there you asked cliff anything last night no i didn't last night all right who was represented yourself p mace i go i go yeah and uh garrett short ah shorty Mm mm-hmm from uh from channel nine yes sir all right good deal uh moving along all right let me get to uh mike p's comment mike p he knows how my bread's buttered wordplay the dumber the better he says jimbo seems like he's not name image and liking nick saban at all right now <laughs> that is i think he i, think he, nah, I don't know now that i read it out loud went a little too far sometimes you got to take that reach though yeah i don't know if i likeness that one too much uh mike p but hey good good effort that's what i like you never know what's gonna stick that's why i just kind of tweet out everything that's in my brain and like 20 percent of it's funny 80 percent of it is dumb and makes me look like a moron but if you just keep tweeting in a couple hours they're not gonna see the one that was a miss yeah i mean major leaguers get what around 500 bats in a year i don't know they're not gonna get a hit every time sometimes they'll uh they'll do a little dribbler back to the mound it happens it happens all right uh pirates hv3 shout out to cj's boston celtics last night what a beatdown they put on the miami heat and i mean it was over in the second quarter like you thought i, I was hoping the Heat would make a run just so I could have something interesting to watch, and it did not happen. This is... March. May. It's May. This is yes. May. Um, this is the kind of Celtics team I think myself and everybody was expecting to see heading into Game 1. Obviously, it didn't happen because we uh, missed out on Smart and Horford. You were without two, and you were coming off... A big yeah. Game 7. Right. Uh, maybe something series. to that yeah and yeah i think that definitely played a factor and last night not only was the defense exponentially better but the offense was insane the ball movement uh it seemed like some of these guys like tatum uh i think tatum had 27 or 29 27 27 and then smart and brown both had something around 22 to 24 24 mm-hmm. so each so there's your three right there yeah so it was a it was a spread the ball around kind of effort. Um, lots of guys did a lot of things. The presence of Al Horford uh, is going to save the Celtics this series a lot more than I think people will let on just because Daniel Tice, the reason the Celtics lost to the Heat in 2020 in the bubble was because Daniel Tice couldn't stay on the court against Bam Adebayo. Uh, and now you have Robert Williams, but you also have Al Horford, so that Daniel Tice really doesn't have to play at all. Uh, so it's it's been a struggle for Bam so far, and I continue. I expect it to continue. I have an affinity for undersized, tough guys. I'm glad that 
there's still a spot in the league in 2022 for a Grant Williams. Mm-hmm. 6'6", 236. He's just like a pit bull. And, but he can shoot. Yeah. Like he, and that's, I guess, why he's in the league yep. because if you are 6'6 and you can't shoot and you kind of made your money getting rebounds and playing physical in college, it might not work in the NBA, but he's shown he can step out. But I love that kind of player. No, yeah, absolutely. And that's what makes him so valuable to the Celtics. Um, whether people want to admit it or not, he was a force against Giannis last, as much as you can be against Giannis. Um, he played good defense, uh, and a 3-and-D guy of his size is what the Celtics need. The Heat, one thing that they did very well in round one and round two, they play zone uh, they play zone defense, and they kind of force you to shoot threes, uh, which a lot of teams can do. But the Heat, there's something about an Eric Spolstra def- defensive zone scheme, whatever, uh, that just makes it so effective. You can't really play that kind of defense against the Celtics because the only guy on the team who can't shoot threes is Rob Williams. So yeah. at any time, you have a maximum of five and a minimum of four guys who can shoot the ball, and that exposes guys like uh, Tyler Hero, Max Struess, uh Duncan Robinson, who can't really play defense and typically have to sit in the corner so that you don't have to let them play any real defense. But you have guys that can expose that now, and it hurt them last night. Do you uh, do you like the plus-minus stat? Do you put any stock into that? Not much. Um, I was hoping you would say yes. It's. I mean, it's always worth a look. Can you say, just for this uh, segment, can you say yes, it's the most important stat? Yeah, I've never heard of anything more important in my life. You know what, CJ, I'm glad you said that, because you know who the Celtics' most valuable player is? Peyton Pritchard. I was about to guess that. Plus 39. Wow. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> Uh, so he and only he is responsible for that blowout last oh, night. Absolutely, his, he did have ten points. His value to the team is, I mean, still pretty strong. When you get rid of a Marcus Smart, and like I said yesterday, Derek White was out. Uh, so Peyton Pritchard played a lot more minutes than he's used to, and for an undersized guy, he still plays great defense. Um, he can shoot the three, and a lot of what I saw yesterday, um, him going around off ball screens, he finds himself open so much and. The difference between a guy like him and Derek White is if Derek White's open, you don't know if he's hitting that three. You, I expect Peyton Pritchard to hit those when he gets open. This happens every year during the playoffs. Uh, there's a guy who I've never heard of that I find in the playoffs, and he is that guy this year. Yep, Never heard of the dude, uh, but playing some uh, pretty key minutes for the Celtics. All right, I heard uh, Brandon Walker ask this on Pick Central. I'll steal and ask the same question. Do the Mavericks have a Celtics road-like performance in them tonight against Golden State? The easy answer is no. I think the correct answer is no. <laughs> um, see, the difference, the Celtics, and I, I, will, I will defend this very hard if I have to, uh, but I don't think I'll have to. The Celtics are a better team than the Heat. And I think they showed that last well, night. Well, we also talked about how in the East you really had four number one seeds. and Yeah. And I guess Philly was probably a 1B mm-hmm. at, the, at that point. But really, Milwaukee, and I guess they turned into a 1B with the Middleton injury. Mm-hmm. But the Mavericks are not the Warriors. No. It was um, a great run, but uh, I'm, I'm shocked that they beat Phoenix, uh, especially in the fashion that they did. But And Luka is the best player remaining in the playoffs. Um, I believe he surpassed Steph Curry. I think he's a better player. 
Uh, but he, he can only do so much. And I think you asked, you might have asked uh, before game one, can the role players step up? Yeah. I said yes. I was adamantly wrong. Well, you've only seen one game. Yeah. Now you're going to completely go the other way and Mavericks are going to win tonight. Yeah. I'll look like an idiot again if it happens. <laughs> I just have to... All I can really do is go off of what I've seen in one game and the def- this isn't... Like, I'm not blaming Luka. He didn't have a bad game per se. The Warriors... I mean, they strategized specifically to guard him with the box and one defense. Uh, they forced him to make good passes, which he made the correct pass seemingly every single time. But Jalen Brunson, Dorian Finney-Smith, Maxi Kleber, they were not hitting the shots that they typically hit. Sometimes Luka, like all really good players, gets tired of passing to his teammates too right. and yeah. takes some ill-advised shots. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to picture in your brain Steph, Clay, that team on that court losing right now you put them in dallas sure i think dallas can win two three home games mm-hmm. if it goes that far but at golden state i don't see it yeah. uh warriors a six point favorite tonight at home in game two of that series it's game two in raleigh north carolina pnc arena hurricanes taking on the rangers tonight canes win it in dramatic fashion on wednesday night got a goal around the two-minute mark left in the third by Sebastian Ajo, and then Ian Cole wins it a few minutes into overtime for Carolina. That is 8 o'clock tonight on ESPN. NBA moves back to TNT, which, by the way, I am happy with. It's probably not fair. The ESPN halftime coverage might be fine, but when you're coming off the inside the NBA crew and then you watch the ESPN coverage, it might as well be like college tv yeah. like you know you're yeah, uh it's not the same level at all <laughs> they're so there's just something about the chemistry they have that's just so entertaining yeah and nobody's ever gonna match that right right and nobody's ever gonna do an nfl primetime like berman and tj right nobody's ever gonna do the the chuck ernie kenny and he i don't shack has now made himself a part of that show but I, I, you know, and I, no, I, there was a time where I was like, Shaq's too much. Why'd they bring in Shaq? They had enough, they had it perfect. But I will, I, mean, I guess Shaq has now made his way into the family. Yeah. He's, uh, I mean, like I said, it's very entertaining. Um, and in addition to the entertainment value, I mean, they're, they're not afraid to talk the ins and outs of basketball, but also keep it, uh, to a level that fans, are excited to see they don't well you know when they need them most is when you have a 40 point game like i would have loved to have watched the halftime and post game show on tnt yeah espn didn't you know i just went away from it but nine o'clock tonight mavs and golden state eight o'clock tonight rangers carolina edmonton calgary um tonight 10 30 on espn and you want to talk about a tale of two cities it is uh, red hot here in the state of North Carolina. How about Calgary? I just saw this had to cancel their game two outdoor watch party because of snow and wind. So that's wow. two different, uh, totally different opposite ends of the spectrum weather-wise uh, going on right now in North Carolina and Alberta, Canada. All right, uh, that's what I got for my rundown. Did I miss anything? Oh, Shirley told me earlier today. Don't forget to mention that Gavin Williams getting the start tonight, so folks can check that out. 
uh, while they are watching Pirate Baseball. You can keep an eye on what Gavin Williams is up to. And we have a giveaway coming up in the second hour, don't we? Let's ask Shirley Rhodes. Shirley. Yes, we have a four-pack of tickets to give away for the ECU baseball game coming up tonight in the 4 o'clock hour. And then in the 5 o'clock hour, I've got four tickets to throw in with our Free Beer Friday for Saturday's game. I mean, what? Eight tickets. Wait, 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 wait. But they got to come pick them up, right? Yes, they have to be able to come pick them up today. We should probably do this early, right? Do you want to do it early? <laughs> I I think the 5 o'clock hour would probably be too late. Sound the alarms. For the Saturday tickets? Well, they still oh, have to pick them up yeah, they the... still have to come and pick them up. Okay, yeah, we can do it now. All right, you want to do... We'll do one set now and one set at the end of the next segment. Yeah. All right, 317-1250 you got to be able to come and pick up the tickets and before if, the end of the show. And if you win and Shirley writes your name down and you don't pick up these tickets, I will find you. <laughs> I'm not even going to say it. And you don't even know if it's going to be clip finding you or clone clip. That's right. There's two of me now. Could be the guy that looks like me and Tony Castleberry combined. All right, that might be our winner. Let's take a break. When we return, Brian North joins us. We'll give away another set of tickets at the end of next segment because it is Christmas in May here at Pirate Radio Land. And we love our listeners, and we're proving it by pandering to you and giving you things. So you'll love us back. Back with more Pirate Radio Live after this. listening to Hour 1 of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Vacation spots are right here in our very own backyard. And take a trip to a state park. Or uh, and enjoy traditional camping, RV space, and also air-conditioned cabins that can be rented with Wi-Fi. If you are by a lake, you be sure to check out the opportunities to rent a canoe or kayak and get out on the water. Your next adventure is right around the corner. For more information, please visit ncstateparks. Uh, yes, that's correct. ncstateparks.gov. Now let's head back in to uh, Pirate Radio. Uh, tw- are you all right? Yeah, I'm just, music just ran out on me and it messed me up. Back to the show. Here you go. Hey there, Shirley. Uh, Stat to consider, Shirley Rhodes. I just saw PGA Championship going on. Stat to consider. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, It just had a list of the previous major winners on that course, including Tiger Woods, amongst others. But it said all those winners had the lead or a co-lead after 36 holes. So right now, JT in the lead. But Zalatoris McElroy one shot back. So you could uh, go a long way in determining who will be the winner on Sunday mm-hmm. by who is uh, at the top of the leaderboard tonight. Interesting. So I'm going to go ahead now and start doing my winner's dance. Well, Zalatoris and McElroy are through hole three. So I would wait on that mm-hmm. because your guy's done for the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, actually, if you're going to do it, maybe you should do it now because you may not get to do it again. Get it out 
Did you say our winner or ticket winner, Shirley? No, I did not. I didn't get to that she point. She can barely say your name. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm asking too much. No, yes. Casey Rice of Greenville, and right. he's uh, pretty excited because it's the first time he's ever won anything. So he's going to come by and pick it, uh, pick up the tickets. Uh, he said about quarter to five. All so. right. Casey's been a loser his entire life. <laughs> oh, God. Just loss after loss, catching L's. Oh, and finally, he can say he's a winner. He's probably on the phone with his... Uh, loved ones right now telling them how happy he is i'm sure he is casey uh congratulations and coming up at the end of this segment we'll be giving away how many more tickets uh four so more pa- tickets four for tickets. saturday's game the uh regular season finale you can be there maybe you've been a loser your whole life oh. and you can be a winner all right or maybe you're just a, a winner all the time and can just add another one to the uh the notch today all right Set out to the Pirate Radio Live Line. Joining us, Brian North, to get you ready for this sports weekend. North, how you doing on this Friday? I'm sweaty. Yeah. It is a uh, smoker. And uh good day to be inside the AC talking sports with Brian North. Brian, uh, thought about you earlier this week with some news regarding East Carolina football. I feel like you talked about the name uh, Camaro Edmonds a lot as uh, he played high school football and goes to North Carolina, enters the transfer portal, and comes back to Eastern North Carolina as uh, the Pirates add to their running back room. And I know he was a, uh, a guy to watch in high school, right? Yeah, he was you know, one of those guys who was fast, big body, durable, a uh, ton of talent, and I, he's just an athlete. So whether he stays in the running back room or goes to another room will remain to be seen. But um, I could see him linebacker room, um, depending on how big he gets, you know, defensive end, who knows. But uh, there's definitely potential there for him to, to go and uh, make an impact for the Pirate football team. You, know, you want to find athletes, he's definitely an athlete. And again, I've said it a lot, the Pirates got – I think lucky is the word last year that Roger Harris and Keaton Mitchell were not only productive, but stayed healthy throughout that year. They're going to need more than two backs. And sounds like Mike Houston has given the opportunity to Pop McKay to kind of take over that third spot. Will he do it? That remains to be seen. But um, if uh, Edmonds is added to the running back roster, uh, might get a shot to, to get some carries this year because, I mean, it's almost impossible for Harris and Mitchell to get all the work and stay on the field as much as they did for two straight seasons. Right. There's no doubt. Look, it's nice to have depth. It's nice to have options, right? I think that's all Mike Houston is trying to do with that roster is just get better athletes there and then figure out where to put them on the field, get better football players. And and so you can't go wrong to bring in a guy who was, uh, I believe, a three-star guy coming out of high school. And, again, a lot of great production, but um, now they, they get him in purple and gold and maybe he happy there and then you find a good place for him to get on the field so real curious to see where, where it all ends up for him but uh, it's a nice get by mike houston to, to make that roster better uh brian we had coach houston on the show a couple weeks ago and uh during that hour he did not call out any other coaches by name or point fingers uh about buying players or anything uh the same cannot be said for Nick Saban, who I don't think said Jimbo Fisher's name, but did say Texas A&M bought all of their recruits, and that's why they had the number one recruiting class. Uh, Jimbo Fisher fires back. I saw earlier today that I believe uh, Lane Kiffin was going to be on the Dan Patrick show, and then uh, Sankey, the uh, the SEC commissioner, I guess the kids were acting up, and uh, he put a stop to all of it. He told everybody in the back seat to quiet down and wouldn't let – uh, Kiffin or any other SEC coaches do media appearances. So uh, yesterday I said, 
what's next on is this like a one-time blip on the radar or are coaches just going to start calling out other schools and coaches by names well here's what's next to start with uh radio silence uh no more interviews so so there we go we finally get some college coaches to say something interesting <laughs> uh, they get muzzled and so finally some people telling the truth we get we talk about coach speak all the time we finally got nick saban who obviously had an agenda there uh, because he's getting beat right so i mean that's why he's that's not what's supposed to happen brian something's going on here right that's that's his opinion. It's, it's, it's him trying to get the NCAA or somebody to step in and try and get this NIL stuff under control because he lives in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. There's not a whole lot of money there. I mean, I'm sure his financial resources have been tapped out for a long time. And these other places that have deeper pockets, uh, he's getting beat on that. And when it comes to money, um, money talks to these kids right now. So uh, until things get worked themselves out and the market corrects it, itself, uh, he's, he's not happy with losing some of the recruits he used to get easily. Brian, uh, without saying any names or schools, uh, as long as you've been covering this, we've seen a lot of guys, especially in football, leave Eastern North Carolina for the SEC for other schools. Have you heard any uh, rumors, tall tales about, uh, you know, greasing palms? And uh, how did that ant get a car? And th- I mean, have you heard any of this stuff over the years? Look, there's always been talks of the $50 handshakes. They go on at ECU, too. I, I know players who, you know, walking after the game or walking after practice, and somebody they don't know comes up and gives them a $50 handshake. Yeah. What are you supposed to do, you know, stop and start screaming at the person? No, I will not take this money. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. It's just some places have deeper pockets than others. And there was the old um, pay-for-no-work that happened for a long time and some of the places that had deeper pockets. But – now, this stuff's been going on at every institution since money was first printed and football came up with the forward pass. So it's just a matter of to what degree it happens. But those with money and want to have some influence, they've been doing that for a long time. It's just the bigger schools with the deeper pockets have been doing it longer and maybe a little more smarter and um, a little more readily. And this is just a different form. It's just out in the open because it's not illegal anymore. And that's been the fun part of this. Uh, and then these kids have to pay taxes on the money they get. So there's there's a lot more transparency or supposed to be now with this, which uh, makes it pretty crazy in this wild, wild west of what's happening with money in college sports. Brian North joining us. The, the pay for no work, is that like when um, the linebacker would get hired at the uh, to wash cars or something and not do it? and get? Is that what you're talking about there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah somebody would have a landscaping business right, yeah. car dealership and they would get hired to, to yes. To, and then, then they put in something where, like, you – you or it might still be I don't but, but you couldn't work if you were uh, correct yeah correct then for the to, to counteract that yes that's what they said <laughs> yeah. scholarship couldn't work and so yeah. nobody got to make any money and then it's just been going round and round yeah it really is like a uh, I don't know a, a pick an animal chasing its tail right and and just well it is and it's it's it really is ridiculous when you sit back and think about it and I saw a post earlier today remember it was ten years ago. When Jim Tressel was in Ohio State, yeah. were, uh, players uh, exchanging tattoos, right? Uh, you know, getting free, free tattoos, and that was like brought him down at Ohio State. Now that would be considered like ridiculous for what we're seeing right now. But I just don't know how, in a free enterprise, free society, that you can stop people from earning money legally 
when it is their name, image, likeness, whatever. I just don't know how you can stop people. And, and now that this cat's out of the bag, I, I don't think you ever get it back in. Or how you even regulate it. No. Stop yeah. me. If somebody wants to pay me because they're using my name or image uh, to promote their business, I don't know how you stop that. And I don't think they should. I think these kids should be allowed to be able to take advantage of that. It sounds crazy. And then that's a great point on the trestle deal because that would be – uh, a drop in the bucket today and and it, it's kind of why these coaches uh, some are up in arms and and even mike houston wants to somehow get a handle on this thing because they went from kind of the status quo forever and then did like 30 years worth of change in one or two years and it's just it's it's caught people off guard and uh, it's hard to to get control of Right, the legal system got involved and finally said you can't keep taking advantage of these kids anymore, nor should they, because the college coaches were making all the money off of that. But I keep saying, you know, we're in wild, wild west territory right now. At some point, there's going to be a market correction. There's only so much money that can go around. You've got 100 players on a football team. I don't know how much money you can give out to certain people, but even top recruits. But you give the top recruits money and they don't produce, you're not getting return on your investment. So at some point, there's got to be a market correction because it's not like the money is infinite at these college towns. Maybe in yeah. it is. I don't know, but uh, there's certainly schools who have built-in advantages. But at some point, somebody's going to be unhappy with them spending money and not getting the results that they want when it comes to the NIL deals. Yeah, and I talked to these guys that left East Carolina three, four, five years ago. Uh, Bryce Williams is a good example. Who, uh, Man, he could have done a, a great NIL deal with an outdoors shop or uh, – I don't know, lawn maintenance, just something country boy related. And I say, man, don't you hate you missed out on this, Bryce? You could have could have done something, made a little bit. And now I feel like five years from now, there's a chance where we're saying, man, don't you wish you were playing in 2021, 2022 when they were just handing out money to everybody? Because you're right, it's probably going to, to be that correction that we're going to see once, uh, once all that money's gone and once you pay – seven five stars that ended up leaving school or breaking a leg or you know anything could happen oh and that's what i'm saying at what point do these people who are paying this money get mad with the people and oh yeah somebody all of a sudden go missing or somebody comes up with a broke leg or something <laughs> Look, there's a whole i mean this has got a long way to work itself out yet but i'm just telling you people with a lot of money got that way for several reasons and making bad investments usually isn't one of them hmm. at some point I'm just saying at some point, there, I would think uh, that there's a correction on it. But, but who knows? Maybe there isn't. But I, I, just, I, I just don't think that this can continue or sustain itself like this. But I don't know how you control it. I don't think you should control it. I, I think if kids have the ability to make money, they should. If the, if the uh, talented kid in the band all of a sudden is given a record deal worth millions, you yeah. can stop them from doing that. You, the only thing I, I question at this point, or maybe what's next is, the, the draft eligibility. Kids aren't eligible to be drafted until three years into college, and maybe you have to start changing that because you're limiting the earning potential of going to the NFL, so maybe something along there has to change. I know there's safety issues that prompted that to begin with, but I think just stopping kids from being drafted may be how you stop the transfer stuff from happening, like the, the deal with the kid going from Pittsburgh to mm-hmm. DC, Lincoln Riley. Maybe if he's allowed to go to the NFL and make that kind of money, you don't have that issue of him transferring someplace else. That's the only thing I can think of to regulate right now. I just don't think you can regulate uh, the free enterprise. Of if somebody wants to give you money for services, as long as those services are rendered, I don't know how you can stop that. Brian North joining me as we solve all the world's problems here on Pirate Radio. Brian, uh, man, I, I saw this headline. Yeah, hurricanes uh, tonight, and it is uh, 
nearly 100 degrees here in, in eastern North Carolina. I saw that the uh, Flames and Oilers game two, they had to cancel the outdoor viewing party for all the fans there in Alberta due to bad weather. And this is on the far other end, snow, wind. Yeah. Uh, they're having those conditions. So they are uh, unable to have their outdoor viewing party. Uh, the cold weather conditions will not be a case here no. in the state of North Carolina. But Kane's coming off a game one win north, looking to go up 2 nothing tonight. And for 57 minutes, uh, things were a little hairy in Raleigh on Wednesday night. Well, undefeated at home so far, and we'll see if it continues. This is an interesting matchup with the Rangers, who they've beaten four out of five this year, but you keep waiting for the other foot to fall on that because they've been close games with New York and making those adjustments. But but right now, the Canes, this has been an interesting club that has made adjustments throughout the year, in-game adjustments. Like I don't know if I've seen a Hurricanes team that has been as good at making in-game adjustments as this year's team. Because it just seems like uh, they're going along and then they do something. And, and the other night, Rod Brindamore just changed up some lineups. And it just it worked perfectly for the chemistry and messed the Rangers up where they were able to get some pressure on the goal in the third period, get the equalizer, and then go take that momentum into overtime. So uh, this is one of those teams, you, the more you look at them, you go, you know, this, this could be 2006 all over again. They do have that kind of potential. And, and I, don't, I don't think this is a team that's going to fade. I think they're going to be right there. You're going to have to beat them and soundly beat them if you're going to knock them out of the playoffs. 8 o'clock tonight, ESPN, Canes, and Rangers. It'll be Edmonton and Calgary coming up after that on ESPN as we look at the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by The Buck and TNT tonight, 9 o'clock. It'll be Dallas and Golden State. I'll put you on the spot, North, ask you a question, and then I'll ramble for a moment while you think about it. Um, and I'll pertain it to what I'm about to say, but we did something a few weeks ago. Name an athlete that you did a 180 on uh, as far as uh, a fan, and I have one on each end. Uh, Phillip Rivers was not a fan of him because he went to NC State, was whiny and and, and talked, and then I realized, hey, I, I like guys that are interesting to talk. And so by the end of his career, I kind of started rooting for the guy uh, when he was an old Wiley vet. Did the opposite on Dwight Howard. I was a fan of him when he came out, and then I realized that, uh, yeah, he's kind of a joke. So uh, so those are two examples, and I say that because Golden State, you get tired of the same teams winning over and over again, but after the Steph injury, the Clay injury, I'm kind of liking them this year to – to win another one. I want to see Steph Curry win another one. So I'm kind of back on board with the Warriors. I've done a bit of a, I guess, a 360 on them. I've come all the way around uh, liking them, disliking them, liking them. Uh, does anybody come to mind for you where you didn't like a guy and ended up liking him or liked a guy and then said, nah, I don't like this guy anymore? Yeah, that's a good one. I, you, you know, there, there's people that, yeah, once you meet them, you, you realize yeah, who yeah. they are. So yeah, I, yeah, I, and, and nobody jumps to mind real quick. I just because I'm on the war, I'm, I'm going through the yeah. Warriors right now, and like Steve Kerr, you know, that's a guy I've always liked. You know what he went through in college, and his dad getting killed as an American diplomat, and and then he was an underdog in, in with the Bulls, but you know had a great career, game winning shot, all those. You know, took a swing at Michael Jordan yeah. this one time. So I've always loved Steve Kerr, and then Steph Curry's from that same mold, and. And so you just like this team. I didn't like them. Right, same deal. Kevin Durant wants to go join. Them. Yeah, that's likable. Yeah, but then, but then you've got you know Andrew Wiggins, whose dad Mitchell Wiggins was a star at North Lenore High School and has cousins all over here. And even hmm. though, uh, Andrew isn't from here, he does come hang out here and he has cousins everywhere here. So it's kind of like an adopted guy. And I'd never heard that, Brian. I don't think I knew that. And yeah, how did uh, so? 
was Andrew's like par- family from here? How'd they get to uh, Canada and all this? What's the well? Because his dad was, was playing with okay. the Toronto Raptors when he was born. Okay. So, so it was kind of he was living that NBA life with his dad. But yeah, his dad Mitchell was a star at North Lenore back in the glory wow. days when you know Charles Shackelford and yeah. uh, that Cedric Maxwell. That was when you know the, the beginnings of of basketball stardom in Lenore County, and he was over at North Lenore. And he ended up going to Florida State. He kind of bucked the schools and went to Florida State. He was hmm. a high-scoring guy, played in the NBA for a while, was with the Raptors. Andrew was born uh, while he was playing with the Toronto Raptors. And so he kind of moved around with his dad, but he spent a lot of time in Lenore County growing up. So, so yeah, so he's a guy who has local ties as well, along with Steph Curry, you know, who's from the Charlotte area. And then when Kai Bowman was playing with him, you know, from Havelock, that was that made it even better. I kept calling up the Carolina Connection and, and – uh, San Francisco but so you have those guys that just kind of have those stories that you kind of like and I've Andrew Wiggins is one of those guys probably I didn't know much about him but the more I learned about him and watching him step up I've, I've kind of appreciated him a little bit more and yeah. one of his cousins is Tamika Wiggins who's uh, <clears throat> in the North Lenore Hall of Fame and she's the athletic director at Havelock so I talked to her about him that's awesome I'm her. Yeah. yeah I never knew that probably talk about meeting someone and changing your opinion and this <laughs> I, I was at a Redskins game as a kid and I remember I guess it was Sunday night football when so it was probably around 97 and we saw the Colts and early Peyton Manning but Joe Theismann called the games uh, for Sunday night football on ESPN back then that's another good example yeah and he so he comes out like, and maybe my brain is changing the story now, but I want to say it was a limo, and he came out where the Redskins players would park and walk up, and as a, a kid, like 14-year-old or whatever, I would try to say hey to all of them, get an autograph, you know, interact. And uh, Theismann came in with this woman who was wearing like this obnoxious Cinderella dress, like she was in Hollywood, and a Theismann didn't look at any of the fans just kind of walked in and i was like this guy's a jerk screw joe thosman <laughs> and then like jordan anders years later comes in and is like yeah i was at this event and joe thosman just came down and sat with me and talked to me he was probably the nicest guy i've ever met so like it's one of those things where you have this small interaction and you build up this thing in your head about how a person's the greatest guy ever or the worst guy ever and they're just a human being who Right. Maybe had something going. You know, you, you never know when you run into somebody. But I just found that funny that my entire, like, uh, <laughs> young adult life, I thought Theismann was this giant prick, and now I realize that I'm the prick in all this. Yeah, he was one of the nicest guys ever. Yeah. yeah. I, I met Joe and interviewed him. I was so gracious and so great. But, but you're right, there was the image thing that goes along with that, people trying to be Hollywood and looking yeah. for Quay and – and so I, Mark Martin's a guy, I'm thinking NASCAR, he was a guy that I, I thought was a jerk, and then all of a sudden he was so nice to me when I was trying to get an interview done, and I, that's one where Rusty Wallace was the other way around, I thought Rusty would be cool, and he turned out to be this huge jerk when trying to interview him. Interesting, yeah, those are fun, though. I guess Bob Huggins is what he is, uh, Brian Bailey still has a beef with Huggy Bear <laughs> from his time in Greenville. Did you interact with him, Brian, at all? No, no I, yeah. never, I never did with Huggy, I no, not him. I, I did some other coaches, but not him. Yeah. Brian North joining us today here on Pirate Radio Live North. Always enjoy the chat. So you told me uh, you're doing something pretty cool today. Uh, oh, one more thing. Speaking of yeah. stories that you had, um, Barbara Road, so not running 
this weekend but will we see barbara road uh on our television screens at some point this summer this... according to uh to our the owners who uh, are now our friends yes he will be running in the belmont okay 11 so and that's the race they always thought they wanted to get him in until he qualified the, for the kentucky derby that was the surprise they'd always been aiming for uh the belmont so june 11th put it on your calendar and we'll see if he can do the full mile and a half faster than anybody all right north was all over that local story and uh today uh you said north you're you're taking a tour of the creator of pepsi's house now this is uh never heard about this one but i did i do assume that's in new Bern, uh the birthplace there so what's uh yeah what's this all about well caleb bradham was the inventor of pepsi and he had this big old house a historic house that actually was historic when he bought it, uh, when he moved into it, when he started making his Pepsi money. And so then he, of course, went broke for a while uh, when he invested in sugar futures right after World War One, And hmm. so he ended up having to sell the house. But some people moved in about 10 years ago and restored it to period. And I've got some other guys who are these deep Pepsi historians. You know, there is no Pepsi museum, like fully dedicated museum to Pepsi in the United States. And they're trying to get one possibly built in New Bern, and so this guy's behind it, and he wants to learn more of the story. So I've arranged, I have friends of a friend said they can get me in the house, so we're going to go look at the house. It's been fully restored to period, and uh, see if we can't find some Pepsi bottles hidden in the walls or something. And um, <laughs> It's also a house that General Burnside used as his headquarters when the Union troops overtook uh, New Bern. Wow. Eight battles, 1862, so it definitely has some history to it. And so I just there's some cool historic homes around New Bern. Uh, the other one I want to get into is the Blades House, and apparently that's where Babe Ruth used to hang out when he would come down here and hunt in the winters. He was friends with the Blades family, who were big lumber barons of New Bern, and so wow. there's a couple here with, with really cool uh, history around it. So, yeah. I'm, I can't wait for your book, Brian. I thought it was going to be a sports book, but now it's just going to be like Brian North, just random facts that he's pulled up over the years. That's that's interesting stuff. That's cool. Just crazy places. That, uh, just to throw one more left-hand hook at you, the guy who's, who's the Pepsi historian that i'm helping he actually has a car in his garage that was used in the filming of fast and furious five. Oh wow a uh, ludicrous drove this uh 19 you are hitting all the angles today brian that's good that's good stuff <laughs> so he's got this car he just bought and it's sitting in his garage out in cove city in, in uh, western craven county wow see if you can get in that thing and say move get out the way get out the way all right there's your ludicrous reference for the day <laughs> Brian, thanks, man. Have a uh, a great uh, weekend. Enjoy that. And are you? Uh, is this for for pleasure or for work or both? Um, are we gonna see any of this stuff? Possibly, definitely pleasure. Possibly for work. When okay, it comes out of it. Sometimes you just got to go peek inside somewhere and see yeah. a story worth telling. So. Um, and then the big yard sale. I got the big yard sale going on this weekend. So if you're bored, want some money to spend where inflation doesn't affect you? Head to Craven County for the big Ernal Townwide yard sale. I might see you out there. I got a Dale Earnhardt Jr. Uh, beer cutout. So oh, cool. Up for sale for somebody. All right, good deal. There's Brian North joining us today. North, always fun, man. Uh, have a packed weekend. Sounds like you got it all planned out. So we'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good. And um, don't make Cliff uh, Godwin mad. That's all my only advice to you. Good advice. Uh, we'll see if I can take that advice and use it uh, moving forward because Cliff uh, did get on me last Sunday and Monday right here on Pirate Radio Live. Good stuff with Brian North. I want to check out that ludicrous car from Fast and Furious. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. When we return, we'll wrap up hour number one. Get ready for hour number two of today's program. Uh, Cliff? 
Yes. We need to give away some old tickets. Yes, we do. Caller one. First caller in has to be able to pick up these tickets. These are for tomorrow night's game. Tomorrow's game at 1 o'clock. Yes. Don't go at night. I'm sorry. Tomorrow afternoon's game. You have to pick them up before the end of this show today. All right. It's on the line right now. 317-1250. Call in now and win these tickets and go watch the Red Hot Pirates take on Houston. We'll take a timeout. Come back. More to go after this. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you need some beer for the weekend? The Jarvis Street Bottle Shop near Christie's Europub is a specialty shop selling craft, domestic, and import brews. Along with wine and growlers, the bottle shop offers monthly beer and wine tastings featuring rotating North Carolina craft breweries along with live music and discounts. Stop by Tuesday through Sunday or check out the Jarvis Street Bottle Shop on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Brock. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live here on a Friday. We've got some Margaritaville to give away coming up in hour number three of today's show, the Tropical Punch Variety Pack that includes... Uh, mango peach beach berry strawberry daiquiri it's a 12 pack uh four percent alcohol be giving those away coming up in hour number three of our show quick look at the buccaneer music hall leaderboard presented by the buck justin thomas jt in the lead he is done for the day round two of the pga championship a one-shot lead over will zalatoris who is through four right now Roy McElroy is plus one on the day, so he is back to four under par and right now sitting tied for third. Harold Varner the third is plus two and looking like he's in good shape to play this weekend because the projected cut right now is four over, which would have Harold Varner the third playing into Saturday and Sunday and uh, trying to make a run days three and four at the PGA Championship. So, uh, Got that going on. ECU baseball tonight, 6.30. Pirates taking on Houston, East Carolina, coming off a win last night over the Cougars. Their 12th win in a row. Expected uh, Ryder Giles to be throwing tonight, and hopefully Ryder pitches better than his golf picks because he gave me Jordan Spieth and Brooks Kepka. Right now, Spieth is two over par. Just hit a nice shot onto the green. Kepka was plus five yesterday. I haven't heard his name at all today. And I am looking for him on the leaderboard, and I cannot find his name. So let me uh, let me check out Brooks Kepka, um, Ryder Giles. I thought he was going to be my golf guy, but uh, but maybe not. He's been struggling, uh, giving me some picks, but uh, he can pitch a lot better than he can pick golfers. Uh, we have learned that. One score right now, Major League Baseball, the Diamondbacks leading the Cubs seven to three in day baseball. That's what's going on. On the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Dub Buck. Tony Dunn is here. Dub Buck. Thank you, Shirley Rhodes, filling in for Chandler Honeycutt on Dub Buck duties. Uh, so let's take a break. We'll come back. Hour two of Pirate Radio Live. We'll talk uh, Panthers, NFL, 
and more with Tony Dunn. That's on the way. Pirate Radio Live back with you after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business organization or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio. Now, let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live. Here on a Friday, you can quench your thirst and beat the heat with some Margaritaville coming up in hour number three. We got the Margaritaville Variety Pack Tropical Punch. It's mango, peach, beach berry, and strawberry daiquiri. Four of those each in this 12-pack, and we'll give it away on our Free Beer Friday coming up in uh, about an hour or so. Shirley Rhodes, CJ Schaefer here. Tony Dunn joining me inside the Pirate Radio Studios on a Friday. Good to see you, Tony. Hello. We are uh, in the dead zone when it comes to NFL news. Thank goodness. So uh, we will not have a show next week, Tony. Oh, why? So when we meet in two weeks, we'll have two weeks of nothing going on. Are you going to be working next week? Um, No. Oh, so like no show, no show. We're going to have a best of. Nice. Nice. Okay. I thought you were just giving me the day off at first. Nah, you don't get a day off unless I do. Unless my name was Chandler. Yeah, or do you? All our friends are like old and have either been married, divorced, so we don't have any weddings to go Thank to. Thank goodness. Yeah, I guess. Uh, is there another round of weddings coming? You got your your kids uh, eventually, but yeah, you, you like don't go a, to your kids' friends' weddings. No, do you? No, <laughs> yeah, no, so. I don't think so. So I was wondering too about the Chandler wedding service. I thought that was interesting. Hire a guy. Yeah, hire a good guy. Yeah, like what if. Uh, your wife's uh, bridal party is, and her side is going to be. They got too packed. Many. Yeah, they got and too you many. need to add some to your team. There Hire are. Chandler. Have you ever been to a wedding where like one side is like I think really so, yeah. heavy, and then the other one, and you feel like guilt? You got to go yeah. sit on sit on the other side just to make them feel good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Just they don't they ask when you go in like bride or groom side or whatever, or when you go or when you get so many bridesmaids. And they go like, oh, and you're like searching for groomsmen. Your friends don't even want to do it. Yeah, they don't want to spend the money. They can barely get any of them to do it. You can hire Chandler. What Just a hassle! This sixth groomsman. Yeah, he's the guy. He's uh, the he's the sixth the man sixth of the man year. of the year. <laughs> he will come in when you need him. All right, Tony. Uh, there are at least one topic I want to hit on today. First of all, anything going on in Pantherland? Uh, no, the rookie mini camps. Um, so you see a little bit of footage of Matt Corral and the rookies. Um, they went bowling this week, and uh, turns out Iki Aquanu is not a good bowler. As now, let's turn that into an article about how that is going to affect his NFL career. Is that right. good or bad? It's like a sign that look, if he can't knock over these pins, how is he going <laughs> to knock over defensive? Ends? I like it. Pins and defensive ends. Mm. So, yeah, we we can correlate that to the NFL. I do love uh, all the Matt Corral hype from Panthers fans now. And this is so easy to do. You just fall in love yeah, with whoever got you to. get. This is the time. And what is up with your co-host on the C3 podcast saying he's a better prospect than Bryce Young? Oh, yeah. this and, uh, Does he believe that? I think so. That's, that's, I think so because he, so like he looks at arms. He said this is that he's taller. He's got better arm. He says he's got a bigger arm. 
mobile. And so does the only Lynch. for his idea was is that uh, Bryce Young is just this kind of not just this. He's not trying to demean him necessarily as a prospect, but gets a lot of hype. A for being at Alabama, and he's there because he's so good. Okay, well Malik Willis was at Auburn. Justin Fields was at Georgia. I mean, Bryce Young ain't getting benched, or they're okay. He, okay, I don't know enough about like right. I'm not into the prospect of wars as much, but yeah. I think he is saying that we probably fallen in love with Bryce Young too early. And this is what's <laughs> great is he's really good about the Twitter like uh, pulse. Mm. Cody is, and he can get uh, people riled up. That's called, we call a short word for that is troll, Tony. I don't know if it's trolling or if it's just very opinionated. It's very opinionated. He's not trolling as in trying to poke you into being mad. He's just giving a... If he's poking Bama fans and people that I, I don't What's know. awesome is the tweet has taken on a life of its own. Well, sure. It's a ludicrous statement. The best part, though, is people, there's some sort of tweet service where you can take a tweet and alter the words. And uh, what they've done now is uh, people are running with this all over the Internet. And uh, one guy put Bo Nix. Is that his name? Bo he Nix. transferred. Yeah. yeah. Bo Nix. Is, he put the exact same tweet, but he inserted Bo, Bo Nix instead of Matt Corral. And like and then he's a bama fan and he got like 700 retweets and yeah. quote tweets just because of this so uh, i like it as far as engaging people but i just think it's an asinine statement but it's another example of just falling in love with your guy and it's kind of what i did with matt Corral. i saw him play a couple of college games i knew washington would be going after a quarterback yeah. i was wrong about that because uh they got carson wentz but I was like, okay, we're going to draft a guy. This is my guy. I want this to be the guy. And I do like him. I think he – I like – I almost like his demeanor more than what he does hey, talent-wise. He beat up the great one's kid. That, and that's – He's a, he's trying to be the greatest one. And you were asinine that one day when you but, tried to paint that as a negative. As a negative thing. <laughs> All right. Um, I saw an article on ESPN Plus, Tony. Will Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, Ezekiel Elliott bounce back? First of all, I don't know if just I'm getting old or if I got too much on my brain. I was like, what are all these guys bouncing back from? Like, what happened? I knew McCaffrey got hurt, and part of that's because we talk about it all the time. But Derrick Henry, I forgot he got hurt and came back for the playoffs. Yeah, but he still had like a monster year in those 10 games or whatever. He did. And and then Alvin and then returned, like you said. So he already bounced back. He had 937 yards, 10 touchdowns, and 18 catches in for like 154 yards. Eight games, probably. Yeah. Um, Alvin Kamara, and I remember having him on a team last year. I knew he was hurt a little bit. He missed four games last year, finished with 898 rushing yards on 240 carries. Doesn't sound like a great, I don't know. Coach. I don't know. That's bad. That's not bad because um, I feel like uh, most of these guys are toting the ball 350 times. Yeah. He did have 47 catches, which I kind of want that number to go up, too. Um, so those were his numbers. And the other was Ezekiel Elliott. I have a hot take here. I don't even know. This, this is a hot take, Tony. Ezekiel Elliott is done as far as a premier running back. Yeah. I mean, that's not a hot take. I think that's just realistic. Okay. You know what I mean? He's in a tandem 
system now. He, Tony Pollard is way more explosive than he now, is. And his defense is uh, Ezekiel has like slimmed down and looks like he's in better shape now than he's ever been and maybe kind of maturing to a certain degree. Yeah. So what does he do now? He used to do the eat, feed me thing. Now he's like... Uh, uh, he's uh, throwing uh, it up. Purging. He's benching per- and purging. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a hell of a touchdown celebration. <laughs> Have you ever... I was just watching uh, what I think is one of the most overrated sports movies, Friday Night Lights. Not, hmm. uh, isn't that, not Friday Night Lights. Uh, any given Sunday. Sorry. Any given Sunday. January. I don't know if that's looked at as a good sports movie. I Thank. Don't... All right, good. Yeah. Because I have a uh, like. I have somebody told me that's one of the greatest sports movies. Okay, I've that's an was... asinine take. I thought so too. Yeah, I that's, it was that's like, insane. I was like, man, I and it was on Netflix or something. You know, one of those old movie watches, and yeah. I was going back and watching. The only thing that's really good about it is some of the premier football players in it. LT. LT's in, in it. it. Who else? Is um, in it? Who is the old? Uh, running back i think he was a running back he's the defensive coach jim brown jim brown i, I think, think yeah i think that's who is in it um but jamie fox is uh he throws up like that's his thing like oh, on the yeah. field because he's nervous like the <laughs> he throws up and then he goes and plays great yeah so that would be the ezekiel donovan McNabb uh threw up in the super bowl that's right um we are about and i, I would like to mention this too i did I did one of this where I'm never going to draft Ezekiel Elliott again. Okay. I've done this before. And the first time I did it was Marshawn Lynch. And oh, that you messed up on that one. I think it must have been the year he got traded, like his fourth year into the league. So Marshawn Lynch, his first two years, had over 1,000 rushing yards, seven touchdowns, eight touchdowns. He had 450 rushing yards his third year in 13 games. So he played almost the same amount of games and didn't have a good year at all. And like ezekiel elliott he is a beefier guy yep and so i said that's it for him he's falling off a cliff he just went insane (laughs) after i said that he went 1200 yards 1600 yards 1200 yards 1300 yards uh double digit touchdowns so i've done this before in the first round (laughs) yeah um say it again say he's done oh ezekiel elliott is toast finished done you heard it do not draft him. <laughs> That's it. first round pick do not draft him if he's there in the second round don't take him third round don't take him don't take him uh but no i've done this before uh we shall see on ezekiel elliott Tony. yeah we'll see we'll see um i think kamara look we got kamara's got some legal stuff he's got to deal with right now um, oh he got in trouble in vegas yeah right? he like broke somebody's jaw uh who was the other name on the list christian mccaffrey Derek henry and uh Chris yeah. McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Ezekiel. All of those guys, I don't know if that's a... Like you said, what is bounce back for... McCaffrey's is clear. Like, is he healthy? Yeah. That's his bounce back. And I think, like you're saying, is with Ezekiel Elliott, is he becoming uh, RB2 or is he still got some premium gas in the tank? Yeah, and you just figure he's going to score like seven one-yard touchdowns too right but i don't know it just and it depends on how their offense you know works and deploys the running backs and how much they like tony paul do they move on prematurely is that a guy that maybe the cowboys are interested in trading though there's another one to a team that needs some help like mid-season or trading something. pollard or no oh ezekiel Z- elliott yeah with the contract stuff i don't know i mean and then he could be your marshawn lynch <clears throat> we know uh NFL is like, because I forgot what happened to these guys last year other than McCaffrey, and I knew Kamara because he was on a fantasy team of mine. But it is such a next-man-up league. 
because you got tired of talking about McCaffrey last year because he wasn't there. You remember, I got I don't I don't like to talk about Curtis Samuel because he never played. We just move on to the next guy and kind of forget what happened the previous there's year. There's a recency. Guys. There's so much of a recency bias, and even if you look at this, is Jonathan Taylor is going to be ranked the number one running back? And people, are I was wrong f- about him to forget all of these other guys just because of what happened in the last six games. You know, so Chris Chris McCaffrey's still a young player, right? He his injuries have all been minor, somewhat minor injuries, like soft tissue type injuries, non-contact. So he's never had like the year ACL thing or whatever. Right. So like, there's no like shoulder surgery that he's had to go through. And I think part of it with Carolina is because, or with Christian McCaffrey's story, is I think if he would have played on a more competitive team, he would have played more. I think that they protected him oh, right. and, and shelved him just because it wasn't necessary. And you're looking at it as an investment. He's their $64 million player. Because remind me, were we talking about at some point him coming back? Right. It's like he had a hamstring injury. And then they put him on the short-term IR, and then he wasn't ready. And then they just put him on IR right, again. Yeah. And it was like this, is that if you're the Chiefs and you're going into the playoffs... Well, don't that, use Derrick Henry as an example. Exactly. He came back for the playoffs. So, And then Alvin Kamara... Some of this, too, with Alvin Kamara, each one's story is a little bit different. Christian McCaffrey's story is going to be about injury. Can he stay healthy? Derrick Henry, I don't know. I mean, as, as I don't think he should be on the list at all. I Alvin, don't know. Yeah, Alvin Kamara's story is more about are the Saints going to be good rather than He Alvin needs Kamara. Thomas to come back. He needs Jameis to be good yes. because he's a marked man. Yeah. I mean, and this might be one of the, the worries, like, or – what is it for fantasy football? Everybody wants to talk about volume, volume. But if you're the only guy on the team, I don't care if you get 400 carries. I mean, it just that's a Najee Harris situation. Yeah, you can get all the you can get all the touches you want, but you can only go so far if they're putting everybody in the box every time. Right. Yeah. So, and then the last name was Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. I think maybe he's the one just to look at as a player. Uh speaking of Michael Thomas, what's up with Michael Thomas? Well, he, he's mentoring Chris Olave, so I guess he. Oh boy! He's oh a, God, that's not a good look. That's not. You're Poor right. Guy. Isn't he? Didn't he? Wasn't the one that he got in trouble with the gun and the drugs mm. in the car or something? Or I was that know, Lattimore? You've done this before. Uh, I could. Yeah, it could be Lattimore. Maybe. Maybe it was Lattimore. Tony loves to plant guns and drugs on people. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so anyway, there okay. is, uh, there's, it might have been Lattimore. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll nix that from the record. The other thing is that Michael Thomas, though, a lot of people are like, he doesn't like football. Well, that's kind of why I kind of read that headline. Like, oh, okay. Well, he likes to be a saint in football and stuff <laughs> because I, I worry about that too with him. He's going to like mentor him into all these hobbies that are not <laughs> football. He's like a, him and like uh, Chris Olave are like crocheting together in the corner or something like that. Uh, they built a birdhouse over the weekend. <laughs> yeah. They are doing all these other things. All right. Let's take a break. Shirley, we'll come back. CJ brought up a uh, topic. I want to ask you, Tony, as someone who has interacted with a lot of fans. You've also interacted with people from other teams that cover them or fans of them. Uh, CJ wanted to talk about the worst fan bases. Uh, so, okay. I, I, do you, you know, we'll ask you if you have any opinions on who do you think has a, a great fan base, a nice fan base, who has a crappy fan base. We can talk about that. Uh, might play a little five-second game, maybe a pickup game with Tony Dunn. Did you hear this the other day with Bryce Williams? No. Okay, good. And you weren't at Sports Trivia. 
So you have no clue what we're talking no. about. And I'll get all the names wrong. <laughs> uh, we'll do that and more when we return. Pirate Radio Live. On you. We're back after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. The Salt and Light Youth Group at First Christian Church will be having their annual out-of-the-box fundraiser. It begins tonight, uh, coming up in about an hour at 5.30 this afternoon through uh, tomorrow morning on the church lawn. Every year, the youth group spends the night in cardboard boxes to bring awareness and raise money for the local community shelter, Greenville Crossroads. All proceeds raised during this event will be given to the shelter. If you want to stop by and donate, you can stop by the First Christian Church located at 2810 East 14th Street in Greenville. You can write a check to the church, and if you want to donate, just put out of the box on the memo line. Now, let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Brock. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live, here on a Friday, talking Panthers NFL with Tony Dunn. Saw Tony that Greg Olson, former Panther, he's looked at as a Panther, right? Yeah, he's definitely. not a Bear. He's no, no, not a. He's a Seahawk. <laughs> no, he is a Panther. He will be the color analyst uh, for the Super Bowl, and basically what he's doing. So I guess he's going to be in the one spot this year. What he's really doing though is keeping Tom Brady's seat warm until he retires and can jump in to the number one chair without doing a game ever in his career. Of course, Greg Olson. Did he have the deal before he retired, too? No. He was he, doing TV stuff while he was playing. While he was playing. He's part of that players program. They have some program where they, like, kind of mentor him into yeah. these things. And so he did call a game with the Minnesota Vikings on our bye oh, week yeah. one year. And then we played Minnesota. So oh, was, people were, like, talking about that. Like, yeah. it was a big deal. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, saw that. Um, oh, we got some comments here from our regulars. Chad, what? Any given Sunday is a... It's not a bad sports movie. It's a good sports movie, but it's no program. Chad loves the program. That's yeah. right in your 90s era, Tony. Yeah. You should like yeah. that one. Is that uh, the one where they lay down in the road? Yeah, yeah. I think so. As uh, a cheap thrill. Yeah. And then people and started doing it. PEDs and stuff in it. Oh, yeah. They had the guy that painted his yeah. face and like the skull, the skeleton. They also had that guy in Any Given Sunday, basically, who was the mega death rocker. That was a funny component of Any Given Sunday is this locker room and it's half like uh, the defensive side where they all listen to hip hop. And then the offensive linemen who are all like mega death, like yeah. and they're trying to play, they're like dueling mm-hmm. music in the locker room. Let's we'll start a little. Uh, you got to have a race war in every yeah. movie to add to the drama. Uh, so there's uh, that. If you can, you can chime in if you'd like to hit on any of these topics today. Um, so CJ wanted to bring up worst fan bases. I was thinking about this during the break. This is outside perception. But Tony, they're looking at your division is only one rabid fan base in your division. Outside perception. Now you look confused. All right. Well, I would argue there's probably none, but mm-hmm. okay. That's what I would argue. I'd yeah. say zero. I would say the Saints are all football. They are fickle, man. When they're not doing well, 
they don't care about their team. Hmm. Maybe like, you're you could right. get tickets. To I'm thinking last year about in the Superdome for cheaper. Than maybe so. Get. I'm thinking playoff game. There, everybody's there. It's a voodoo party, and all they have is football. All they have is Saints and LSU and Mississippi, Mississippi State, whoever their college team is, because they don't care about the Pelicans. They don't have baseball. They don't have hockey. They are all Saints, all football. I would argue that the Panthers fans are the best fan base in our division. Now, perception-wise, outside looking in, I think the Bucks, Falcons, and Panthers are all looked at as boring ho-hum fan bases. Now, knowing you, being on, seeing your interactions, uh, yeah, the Panthers do have a very... I bet you this loyal fan base. Look up the uh, the accounts for each t- the Twitter accounts for each That's team. Nice. See who has the most followers. What you saw you, that too. What were no, you about to guarantee? Uh, no, but I think I, hear your I know that, I think the Panthers have the biggest one. All right, they have. Well, do you know the answer? Yes. What do you got? The three milli for the Panthers. The uh, I don't remember the correct order for the top three, but it's Cowboys, Patriots, and Steelers in some order, and I think the Panthers are fourth. Wow, one point one million followers for the Bucks. I know, Tell and they it. probably had less than a million before Brady. Got I know there. they That's, only had one. It was like the guy who created the account. That is a sad number. Yeah. Let me look at these other ones though before I say something. Okay, two point four for the Falcons, and then Saints. They gotta have a lot. Wow, one point yes. six. I told you we're the best fan base in the division. How is that? No offense. One, I think the Panthers' social media team was uh, like uh, about eight years ago. They were doing things that everybody's doing now. Yeah, yeah, I think that was one. Uh, they kind of saw Twitter as a as a conversation medium. The other teams, I think this is. I think the Saints got. Um, they became a little. You got two more million followers than the Washington. Washington. I know. Well, their social media team has been crap over the years, as has the team, but they have picked it up now. This is an example of teams that um, that kind of rest on their laurels, right? So the Saints had all that success with Drew Brees, and they just like didn't have to do anything. As people yeah. come into the games, this and that. Uh, the the Redskins or the Commanders, should I say, is that you guys just have this legacy fan base that they just know people are going to buy the stuff and cheer, watch them on TV and wow. stuff like that. And maybe that's getting tired at this point. It is. Um, I think this is the worst fan base. To answer your question, are the Atlanta Falcons? Why is that? Because they have or? zero accomplishments, and they think that they're good. Hmm. They have been in the league for over 40-something years and only made it to the NFC Championship once or twice. No Super Bowls. They think they're good, and they have stunk their entire time. Well, I I think the worst and dumbest, and I don't even think it's an argument, and, and it's Cowboys. not because I hate them, yeah, it's but it's the Cowboys. And you, At least they had success. And that's but all they have to go on. But you go out to the bars on Sunday. Who are the most obnoxious-ass people there? They're wearing the star somewhere on their ass or their head or somewhere. It's Cowboy fans. They are delusional. Mike Houston, head football coach at East Carolina, was here. He said this is the year for the Cowboys. Like they say that crap every year. They're all delusional. The only one that's level-headed I've ever met is Brian Medor. He'll right. talk junk about his own team, which I appreciate. <laughs> the Eagles could be looked at as having the most ridiculous. I don't know how to even describe them, but I like it because they'll crap. They're kind of like I am. 
they can crap on their team all day, but, but if you do it, they're yeah. fist fighting. Yeah. <laughs> so. I can eat poop on my, on my yeah. seat, but you can't. I can eat horse poop, <laughs> but if you do... <laughs> You're weird. So I kind of respect that, but it is like a think of, uh, dirty cesspool. The Bills fan base is oh, really good. I that might be gotta, the best, They got to be a top fan base. If you jump, First thing I thought about was Packers, but I'm thinking Bills is uh They also one. have a, a a little bit of ridiculousness in them. Or that the table yeah. jumping. And there's a couple of videos on the internet of really drunk people doing it and missing the table. Yeah. Entirely. And, and like, that's become right. a thing now. Like now that's what they're passing on. Like we pass on our tailgate habits to our kids they're passing on diving that can't be the wisest one to start (laughs) certainly not you know i mean i've started a chant or two that fell on deaf ears in the past and i just there's speaking of which michael vick is uh gonna play in the fan control football is he speaking of your chant i know yeah you know what it was we're not gonna bring it back up sometimes there's just things that need to go away (laughs) and i would say that the jumping on tape not one that i'm going to encourage a new trend in panther nation to go and start destroying property and arguably backs that's a great call though bills near the top of the list we'll get to cj in a moment i i I don't know about this team i think denver's got a good fan base yeah I think yeah. Philly's got a bad fan base. I can't believe we haven't talked about them. They're yet. really. Oh, mean I did while you games. were giving away. Oh, okay. I, I, here's what I said: I respect them because oh. they will boo their team and talk about how horrible they are. But if you say I agree with you, they will punch you in the nose. <laughs> so it's their baby, where they can talk about it. You can't. I, part of me respects that, but again, it is a dirty. The one cesspool. thing I don't like about the Philadelphia Eagles fan base it was like it's physically unsafe to go to right the i would never go to an eagles game i've heard right. people saying i'm gonna go to this game and not wear my gear like yeah basically wear eagles gear to just fit in because they want to see the game so also you can't cheer the whole right. time no, right you gotta be able- and then they'll be like why aren't you cheering for the eagles more <laughs> what are you a fake eagle? pull up your shirt yeah. let me see your real shirt and yeah the nfl games uh like- i mean they have a jail in their Stadium. <laughs> I mean, that is. That was old Veterans Stadium, else? right? That's it. Yeah. Do yeah. they have and one at the link? How about this? And there's more people there than anywhere. <laughs> the jail is packed. I like your the best bill. place to watch the game is in the jail. Have you been, have you seen the TV they got in there? And the food's good oh, too. Yeah. Uh, Bills is a great one. What do you think about my Packers pick? Because I yeah. see those poor people sitting in negative twenty, loving their Green Bay Packers. So I respect that. Yes. And they're also very spoiled, though. They're so lucky. Yeah. They're so lucky. How have you gotten a quarterback after quarterback after quarterback? It's wonderful. But you're right, is that and I think uh, my probably pick for most devoted fan base are the Browns fans. Yeah, definitely. Man, I mean, they pack that place out. They love their team. They show up all over the place. Even to go to AJ's, they got the, they bring oh, yeah. the banners out. And you're like, oh, gosh, you guys really love this. And it's like going to be great for like the first four weeks of the season, and then it's going to stink. We got back-to-back homers in Chicago as the ball is all oh, of a sudden nice. flying out by the Cubbies, Tony. But it is uh, nine to five, Arizona over the Cubs on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard. It's like the Calgary, uh, oh yeah, Edmonton, Edmonton series. All right, so I was going to say the NFC West has the worst combination of fan bases. But I think the South has them beat, and that's only because Seattle's 
which is, it could be overrated, but 12th man there. But Cardinals, Rams, Niners, like, are you scared to go into any of their houses? Maybe Cardinals if they're good, but. Really? You don't think the 49ers have a good. I don't think that. I don't know. How I, I know I, that they have a widespread fan base. I went to a Washington San Fran game at FedEx, and all I saw was Jerry Rice and Steve Young and Joe Montana jerseys. How are they not more like the Cowboys fans? You know, if the Cowboys get the hold on to that 90s three, what, three out of four or something, whatever they want. Because the Niners have actually been good since then, so yeah, they don't I mean, need to look The Niners have so many. Yeah. You know, they can pull like almost like the Tom Brady. Well, they went to the Super Bowl in 12. And they've been in the running for years where Dallas hasn't. Also they, went a few years ago, too. Yeah. So yeah. They lost two in the past decade. That's why, Tony, they actually have recent things they can talk about. And a past that's really yeah. amazing. All right. Um, I would say that the AFC South has probably got a tough <laughs> road to hoe. Um, Colts fans, I, I, the thing about Peyton Manning playing there and the Colts fans would be dead silent when they're on offense, so Peyton could scream. That was kind of funny. I guess they have good good fans. I mean, Titans. Sorry, Chad. There's a lot of games I see Tennessee Titans with a lot of empty seats. Yeah, the Titans are probably the best fan base outside of the Colts in that, right? It's the Colts and the Titans. Well, we're taking the Texans and Jags completely out of it. The Jacksonville Jaguars used to have to cover up half of their stadium so they didn't black it out. That's not good. Yeah. I mean, you, I went to a game there, and the whole upper deck has got tarps over it. <laughs> like, what is going on here? Chiefs are known for their home field advantage, so yeah. they, you got to give them some credit. The black hole is no All more, right, so really. what's the worst division? The worst division <clears throat> is the A. AFC South. AFC South. Uh, NFC South. AFC South. Let's get to CJ Steelers. Okay. So. They got a great fan base. I, I know. Think they do. But. What do you mean, but? Obnoxious. Maybe I'm just I'm just jealous. Maybe I'm mad yeah, at seeing what it is. terrible towels at my favorite team stadium. And it's like. Well, it was yeah, a Monday they, night game. They travel well. We're in 08, 09 territory. It was an important game for Washington. It was a Sunday night game. Sunday night or Monday night. And they do the opening and have the whole field and show the – and it is like well, thank God 80% you got yellow, yellow towels. Thank God you got yellow in your own color. I guess. Race. I mean, imagine being the Panthers and hosting that, and that's what it is. But well, it was gross. Here's an irony of this is that we all talk junk about our own teams not filling out our own stadiums. The Washington Commanders, you get a team that comes in, fill it, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers take over. They come to Carolina, take over, right? But it, with you guys, though, you guys travel better than you do at your own house. That's true. And that's kind of like the uh, – that might be like the Niners, Tony, where you You, you have more fans outside of yeah. their actual base. Yeah, that are legacy fans. So, CJ, where would you – how would you rank them? So, Tony, Buffalo came to his mind. I said Green Bay. Tony said Denver. Uh, so, where – and then I, the Steelers are certainly up there. Yeah. I wanted to get to them last. I think I'd put them, just off the top of my head, probably uh, bottom top five like or just outside top five, like four, five, six or so. Behind who? Um, I think Green Bay for sure. I, I've i always been a fan of Buffalo. I think them kind of being idiots is part of the charm. Um, so I'd put them behind those two for sure. So I really, I guess, really I could start talking about them at three. Yeah. Yeah, and you got to put Dallas up there just because of the volume. Yeah. You know what we haven't I mean, talked about? Annoying, we but. have not brought up New York at all yet. That's good. 
Well, because they don't care about their team. I mean, the Jets. I bet the Jets fans are better than Giants fans. I was going to say the Giants, for their history and everything, kind of a blah fan base. Yeah, that's how I feel about Miami with like all oh, of their. They're sports. not even worth mentioning at all. Yeah. Did you see the Heat game last night? Like there no. was tip off. It was half empty. Oh yeah, and that happens a lot yeah. in uh, in those Miami playoff games. Yeah. Uh, Contreras just acted up, Tony. Yeah, he was he not did. happy. He, he just got did tossed. some voodoo magic he on the plate. <laughs> he is old one. That? He drew a He took his up. bat and started drawing into the dirt and, and slammed, slammed it, down. it down. It's pretty cool. He hexed it. Uh, Ravens have a good fan base. They have good when they show good. up at home, man. Yeah. No matter what. I think we can definitely. Where would you put the Raiders? Hmm. This is a weird one because it's like. used to be great. Yeah. yeah. Maybe and it's really anymore. just like one section of them is great. Like the black hole is great, and then everything else is empty. And it's also weird now because they just moved. So you're looking at Las Vegas now. Yeah. So uh, here's I got a theory about what generates a good fan base, and it has to be in a city that's not too cool. So, so no, like New York, Miami, LA, LA, yeah, but Chicago, there's, maybe. there's too much to do mm-hmm. when they're not good. But like for Buffalo, for Pittsburgh. I would even say for Charlotte for a while is like yeah. that is the here New Orleans another good thing it's like hey why if, if the Saints stink you should be out partying right yeah you know eating crawfish and stuff and whereas that, like if the Steelers or the Panthers stink you well, still go to the games gonna, yeah yeah Cleveland another great example on that note do? Redbeard says Cincinnati Pitt, Pittsburgh doesn't travel well they moved out of that dump and all live in other places well I've heard a lot of they people moved talk, out of that dump because when the steel mills like stuff collapsed in the whatever it was 70s 80s everybody had to go find a job somewhere else well clip if i'm gonna be a great fan of pittsburgh sports i need to know what happened okay i mean the steelers name does come from that it's like when people don't know what that means they're like oh i'm a steelers fan why what did they steal yeah Yeah. (laughs) Uh, i've heard great things about pittsburgh actually when you go panther fans that my friends went on that thursday night game where you guys smoked us and killed cam newton yeah um but they said they had a blast in the like because you get to go from the stadium. There's some like cool breweries and some stuff. So oh yeah, maybe a comeback. You know, these are some cities that are gonna maybe these football teams keep those cities alive to a certain degree. Tony, yeah. yes or no? Don't even think about it. Just uh, no. yes or no? Are oh, you going no? Okay. Do you like that all Pittsburgh teams have the same colors? Yes. You like that? You like it uniform? I think I do too. Because then your gear... Especially since it's black, because I would wear it year-round. Me round. too. Me too, yeah. But there, when the, a few years ago, when the Penguins were in their last Stanley Cup final, uh, there were people going to Pirates games, obviously, because it's like 20 bucks, uh, wearing, like, Penguins gear, and they're watching... Love the, it. Yeah, they're watching the game. They're getting updates in the stadium, so... Greatest throwback logo ever, the Penguins. That old Penguin mm-hmm. logo was so great. Love it. I think this, yeah, clip is. I mean, if you look at my closet, it's kind of uniform on its own. Like, eighty uh, percent of my casual wear is Panthers and Pirate gear. Mm-hmm. You know, is that like? And so, I think that would make a great closet. Is like, you wouldn't have to me. You know, I'm like, oh man, my shoes don't match. My, with this purple. My Penguins jersey's messed up. Well, I got this uh, Hans Ward jersey. I yeah, can wear that. Right, right, I can wear a Steelers hat with like a. And you're like shirt. the cooler guy there too. You go to the if you wear the Pirates jersey, yeah, 
to you don't want to wear uh, they're like oh man you're that's a real fan dude you don't want to wear your led zeppelin shirt to a led zeppelin concert right you look like a tool (laughs) exactly all right let's take a break we'll come back more to go so i'm gonna game i gotta look this up chad said so you said that the steroids guys in every movie and not the same actor. I think the way Chad's putting this is that it's the, the exact same actor. Did you know that? No, but I gotta I look it, it up. <laughs> He's saying steroids guy in the program is hard rock guy in any given Sunday. Yes. What a typecast. All right, we'll uh, look that up. Have more for you after this. listening to hour two of pirate radio live now back to the show welcome back interbanks home builders association presents the home and garden expo 2022 on saturday june 4th and now's your chance to be a part of it you can have a booth or be a sponsor of the new and improved exciting event that will be held saturday june 4th at Menji's coliseum indoor and outdoor exhibit space is available to accommodate everyone for more information or to sign up please visit Interbanks Home Builders Association's website at ibxhba.org. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live. Thanks to Redbeard for pointing out. Tonight's uh, siren sounders have been announced. And it's not tonight's, is it? Is this for the whole... Don't they only have one? Huh? They do for oh, every for period. Each period. So yeah. they have a different one for each period? Yeah. Okay. Who went? Who did it when you went? Do you oh, remember? I remember. All right, good stuff. Christian McCaffrey, That's a good one. Headliner. Uh, Kiara Leslie, NC State basketball player. Not familiar with her. And the neck of the South, Mike Glennon. <laughs> yeah, imagine if he got a neck tattoo. It'd be awesome. What if it would he just be, got like a giraffe print. It would be too expensive. You'd have to charge him double. This guy, he said, I want a sleeve. <laughs> Travel sleeve of the neck. Which I, when I see Mike Glennon, I'm thinking, all right, Canes are definitely going to lose. But yeah. I'm looking at dimensions. Like state fans are excited about it. They look at Mike Glennon differently than we do. Yeah, seeing yeah, him as a he pro. was good there, but yeah. I think a great one would have been Ikiakuanu. Hey, there's that still time. First round pick for the Panthers. All was it him NC recently that said something about it on Twitter, or somebody said they need to get him? I, like I, I saw somebody say they need to get him. Uh, and I thought that was a great idea. All right, uh, Tony, I want to wrap it up by doing this. What game? It's the uh, five second game. All right. Are you good on your toes? I'm not very, <laughs> not very nimble. But man. do you know people's names? No. <laughs> perfect. Oh, this I'm will be perfect awesome. for this game. Right so now. here's what I say: we do, CJ. Okay. And um, and we'll can do. Can we make it seven seconds for me? Yes, okay. for you we can. Okay. Let's do a round with me, CJ, and Tony because we're gonna do our teams, our team specific, and then we'll get one so we can include Shirley on on a different category. But this first category is going to be players that played for our NFL team. At any past time? Past or, or present. Okay, okay. And we'll do first or last name. So here's how the game's oh, played, God. Tony. Is this where you got to do one per... Okay. 
I'm going to go to CJ first, and I'm going to say, CJ, name a Pittsburgh Steeler whose first or last name begins with the letter M. Uh, Mike Wallace. And he got it just in time. Okay. And now it's CJ's turn to point to me or you and to ask one for our teams. Okay. So, Tony, uh, current or former Carolina Panther, first or last name starts with S. S. Steve Smith. There you go. And now you ask one of us. Uh, Clip. Yes. Um, Current or former that starts with a B. Brian Mitchell. CJ. The letter T. T. Um, Troy Palomalu. All right. Let's go fast. I want to see how long we can do this. Okay. okay. Clip, we'll go back to you. All Let's right. do letter D. D. David. Derek. Derek Carrier. <laughs> I'm going to be naming some random ass dudes. I will not be fact checking. Uh, Derek Carrier was a tight end. All right. Tony Panther. Letter R. R. Oh, God. R. R. Not getting this one. All right. See, it seems, Rod Smart. It Rod. seems easy Rod. until the pressure's on. Raheem Ishmael. <laughs> Thank you, Shirley. Thank you. Um, that was fun. Uh, back to me and CJ. Do I ask or do you? Uh, I think I'm up okay. asking you the letter. You know what? It was, and I saw his face. Ray Carruth, too. <laughs> oh, <sighs> good thing you didn't say that. Yeah. Letter that killed. Letter W, CJ. W. Two. Ward, Heinz Ward. Ward. Heinz Ward. All right, give me a, got a lot of W's. Give me a letter. Let's go letter um, T. T, Timmy, Timmy Smith, Jeez. Super Bowl, okay. record, rushing. Uh, the letter A. A, Antonio Brown. Okay. Let's go U, letter. Um, did I give you S? I don't know. Go S. S, Sam, Steve, Stephen Davis. All right, letter D. D. T's. Oh, I lost it. Yeah! All right. All right, that's how it's played. Now, somebody very sarcastically just sent me a text that said, great game. Do you think they mean that, or they don't like Was it? Was it Molly? Yep. Oh, God. <laughs> How'd you know that? I could, I could just hear. Molly, are you... I could hear his disdain. Are you being sincere or are you being sarcastic? I think I know. You know what? Don't tell me. Don't tell me. All right, let's do one real quick. We can get Shirley in. We did this the other day. Let's do um, a quick round of... Let's just go movies only. Okay. Because Tony's a movie guy. So let's do the movies again. All right? We all good? Yep. All right, we'll start it with Shirley. Name a movie that starts with the letter R. Roadhouse. All right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Tony, a uh, movie that starts with the letter E. E? Oh, God. E. Um, e? Enter the Dragon. Buzzer beater. That reminded me of the guy sitting in that seat who was asked that Wednesday, Bryce Williams, who said enzymes. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I was? I thought about the other day and today. Et would probably. That is. I was thinking Encino Man. Oh, it's that's like Tony's favorite movie. All right, Tony, you're up to ask. Um, 
CJ uh, C. C. Um. Uh, <laughs> I just about said cat We're chronicles. Struggling. All right, well, Tony. Cat chronicles. <laughs> <laughs> the movie. <laughs> the movie. Love that movie, Tony. Tony uh, Actually, you're if you said Tuesday, cats, it would have been correct. Every Tuesday, uh, you're up to ask again. Uh, clip. Yes. Um, P. P. Of course, would be Pow Piderman. <laughs> Pick. I, I, Powder. You yeah. could have got powder. Another great mid '90s movie. The uh, one that hit me yesterday. The the like uh, 20 minutes after we finished oh, playing the yeah. Poltergeist. No. Yeah. Oh, all, all right. right. Well, you uh, asked Shirley. Shirley. Down to two. Um, L. L. Love and basketball. Wow. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Um, CJ. No, he's out. I'm out. Oh, that's right. Uh, wait. So it's just me and you. Yeah. Okay. All right, Tony. Um, Tony. Oh. Oh, oh, um, Oppenheimer. Wow. Ooh. Was that about a bomb? I think so. Okay. Um, Did the movie bomb? <laughs> <laughs> How about Jay? Uh, Jay. Um, oh, Jumanji. Very Jumanji. Um, F. Fast and the Furious 5, uh, and I want to drive the car. <laughs> <laughs> it's in Newburgh. Well done. <laughs> All right. Um, Z. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Zombieland. Uh, Boom. I will steal that one from Bryce. I'm going to go Zeitgeist. Um, why? Why? Um, young Guns. Man, mm, nice. Well done. Um, you don't have to do all 90s. <laughs> no, it's usually that's just what pops into your head. Claude Van Damme movies with my original goal. Uh, H. That would be impressive. H. Um, Hellraiser. Man. Okay. Um, I. I. Um, uh, uh, oh, man. That was uh, everyone. A lot of the ones Tony's got E.T. <clears throat> There was a movie called O. Oh. And then I, I was thinking I, Robot, I, Tanya. Uh, there was like I. So, Shirley, good job. You win. Thank you. The, uh, Thank you. the movie round. Finally. And that's how the game something. was played. What do you think, Tony? Well, I got to say, um, for hey. someone who doesn't like that game, Mully, it was probably slightly more entertaining than his answer to Deep Space and Deep Water. <laughs> All just right. going to put it out there. We're starting a new feud, Tony Dunn versus Mike Mullis. Uh, oh, no, I'm actually scared. Everybody's scared of him, right? I know. He's just got something about him. It's the voice. <laughs> it is? It's yeah. the voice. All right. Thanks uh, for hanging out, Tony. Right, C3 Podcast you. every Tuesday night. Check it out. We will take a time out. Come back. Talk to Morgan Aylers. We got a lot of guests coming up, Hour 3. Morgan Aylers, Ryan Gosney from ECU Club Baseball, and Mark Greenhouse, Golf Shop Radio Show. All ahead on Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this.
You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Tiebreakers is open every day at 11 a.m. and is the best place to watch your favorite sports while enjoying the best wings in town, along with sandwiches, appetizers, cold beer, and more. Follow Tiebreakers on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates. Tiebreakers in Greenville at Bell's Fort and in downtown Winterville on Railroad Street. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you, Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. You're right there. I'm I, Shirley Rhodes, CJ Schaefer here on a hot Friday in eastern North Carolina. Uh, let's talk now to the voice of Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, Minji's Coliseum, sometimes Clark LeClaire Stadium, and sometimes at a wedding or restaurant bar near you. Morgan Ayler is joining us on the Pirate Radio Live line. Morgan, how you doing, man? It is hot. Hot! Hot! Yes, sir. Morgan, I saw that Holt Nailers will be having his first youth football camp coming up in July, and that's pretty cool. And uh, we talked about it earlier in the show, but this is one of the the good sides of the NIL. We'll talk about the bad sides with Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher in a moment, but uh, this is pretty cool uh, at his old stomping grounds at D.H. Conley, right, coming up later this summer? Yeah, it's coming up on uh, July the 23rd. He's going to have it out there, I think, from 8 to about 1230. It's um, a youth football camp. It's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of a lot of different folks are going to be out there helping out with it. You can go to uh, holtonaylers.com and register if you have a, a young man that wants to, to come out there and learn a little bit about football, uh, hang out, and uh, have a lot of fun. I think this is going to be a good time at all, and hopefully it will be an annual event. Good deal. Excited about it. I've uh, been looking forward. been putting it together for a while and uh, finally pulled the trigger on it today to announce to the world that it's out there for July the 23rd. Speaking of camps, remind me, Morgan, we talked about this a month or so ago. When is the uh, the Manning Passing Academy that Holton's going to be a part of? Manning Passing Academy, I think it's. Uh, I think he flies out on the 23rd of June Okay, and uh, comes back on Sunday the 26th. I think it's Thursday through Sunday, I believe. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, – going to be a lot of fun he's really excited about going out there working with them working with because basically the quarterbacks they bring in are counselors so they get to work with the the, the, the young men that are going out there you know to be part of the passing academy that have enrolled in it and uh get to also hang out with some really good quarterbacks quarterback coaches some nfl guys will be out there and uh really cool he's really excited about it so Holton is going to be like an instructor, but also probably getting some instruction of his own from some NFL greats. Is that how it works? That's from what, from what I understand. I think that's right. Okay. And, uh, still trying to fundraise because, as everybody knows, the cost of uh, uh, plane tickets are outrageous right now. Yeah. You know they, uh, even though it's an NIL, is uh, is out and about. The the players are still responsible for their own plane fare and, and you know to and from. Uh, Louisiana, so it's uh, it's going well, and I think we're we're getting close. But if you'd like to help, give him a call on Twitter. <laughs> shout, give him a shout out on Twitter. He'll be glad to talk to you about it. There you go, Morgan Ayler's joining us on the Pirate Radio Live Line. Looking at our Bud Light EC report, brought to you by Bud Light. The Pirates win number twelve in a row on Thursday. Morgan going for lucky number thirteen tonight at Clark LeClaire Stadium, and what a turnaround for this baseball team, which is now. It's almost a shame that there's not another week or two left of the regular season because the way they're playing, Morgan, they could actually 
could have played themselves into hosting a regional which uh we i wrote off back in february march but uh what a run cliff godwin and his pirates have been on yeah it's good to see you know last night's game they get down four to one and uh come back and i think they score seven in a row seven unanswered against them and uh, really good play. The, uh, the the squeeze bunt to score run in there. I thought was one of the the to me. That's always just a cool play if it works, you know. Because more often than not, it doesn't. And takes a really courageous coach that knows his players and his players being able to execute for something like that to work. Because if he misses that ball, uh, you know he's dead to right at home plate. And you probably don't have that rally that you have. But as it was, it was a good bunt. Uh, pitcher made a great play on it, but uh, our guys. You know, scored and um, you know rallied from there. So you know they're playing good baseball right now, and this is a team that believes, no matter how far they get down, that they can come back. And that's that's a big part of baseball, having that mentality at home plate that you're going to make contact, and you just got to get up there and do your job, and your teammates going to do theirs, and good things happen. Morgan Ayler is joining us on the Pirate Radio Live Line, looking at what's going on in the world of sports coming up tonight. Game two between the Rangers and Hurricanes at PNC Arena. That's 8 o'clock on ESPN, followed by Edmonton Calgary. At 9 o'clock on TNT, it's the Mavericks and the Golden State Warriors. Game two of that series with Golden State uh, leading one to nothing. And also going on in the sports world, Morgan, uh, the, the college football world is getting some eyeballs on it because of a couple of SEC coaches going back and forth, Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher. And uh, Nick Saban has kind of walked back, apologized on some of his comments. Jimbo said he got a call from Nick Saban. Uh, he's not answering it, and they are done. So uh, that was a a little uh, pay-per-view preview that we saw earlier this week. Yeah, that's a ticket seller. So there's no <laughs> doubt about that. Like like when uh, you know they're gonna have, when they play each other, you're really gonna have to you know go out and try to give a wholesale price on tickets anyway. But that's Again, we've talked about it. The NIL thing, it's good for college athletics, but it's bad for college athletics. And when you've got 30 people on your team making over a million dollars a year, Alabama, come on, man. I'm going to do a come on, man. Where's that money coming from? And I heard Cliff Godwin on your show the other day talk about, is it better to have the facilities for the players or for the players to have the money? Now, I think the players want to have the facilities, but the players want to have the money. But, you know, there's only so many green, uh, dollars to go around, and eventually that's going to come back and haunt some of these schools. And uh, But, hey, they want to argue about it. It'll make for great television later on this year. That it will, and I was wondering what comes next. Are more coaches going to be out here calling out other schools and coaches, or is this going to be a one-time deal? Well, it's not going to happen anytime soon in the SEC because I mentioned this earlier with Brian North, but – I guess Lane Kiffin was going to go on the Dan Patrick show and Commissioner Sankey from the SEC uh, put, put a stop to it. A gag order, I guess, in fact. Radio silence, no interviews. So uh, who knows what the hell Lane Kiffin was going to say about it, but it sounds like Morgan, uh, they're going to try to silence these coaches and not have any more spats. Uh, but, heck, we are getting close to the old summer circuit, right, where all these coaches uh, are going to be together in the same place for media days. So... That, uh, that's probably coming up in June, July. Oh, Jimbo and Nick Saban, they'll hang out. They'll drink a few high-end uh, adult beverages. Yeah, They'll kiss and make up eventually because they've got a long relationship together in the past. And You know, you can't call out one person and, you know, what is, what's the old saying that you can't throw stones in a glass house? Yeah. 
and for Jimbo to say it, and then Nick Nick to say it. You know, Jim, they're doing the same thing down there on Jimbo Fisher's team. That's why I was shocked because the reason you don't say anything is because you don't want folks looking at what's going on in your backyard, right? And both, right. The, and, yeah. And honestly, I don't. I think I read the the comments that Nick Saban said, and I don't think he was being mean about it. I think he was being just Nick Saban saying stuff that he does occasionally. And, you know, sometimes he's very blunt and with what with what he's saying. I don't think he was really attacking anybody, but I think the people that were mentioned in those comments took it like he was really getting at Well, he said Texas A&M bought every one of their recruits. I mean, if I'm Jimbo Fisher, i got to respond to that. Well, what's the difference in Tennessee? You know, Tennessee's got a high school kid coming in making $1.8 million. Yeah, well, he didn't say Tennessee. He singled out twelve offensive linemen on the on the roster that are making up fifty grand a year from a former player. Tennessee didn't finish first in recruiting, so Saban doesn't care about them yet. Well, Nick Saban doesn't have anything to worry about until he's not in the top five anymore. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, and that'll but, probably never happen. You know, if you don't think Alabama is play, uh, every one of the recruits that Alabama had is making some sort of money, or, or you know, they're saying. You know, and you know they are. You know who should be complaining is like Mike Houston or the coach at Louisiana or the coach at Nevada. <laughs> Not Alabama and A&M. No. <laughs> and that's, you know, again, you don't throw stones when you live in a glass house. Yeah. Morgan Ayler's joining us today on Pirate Radio Live. Morgan, is it another wedding weekend for you? What you got going on this weekend? Another wedding weekend. Uh, Going to be doing one at uh, Brook Valley tomorrow night. All right. So looking forward to that. It's sort of off tonight. First Friday I've had off in like five weeks, which is nice, but it's, you know, it's uh, it's nice and relaxing. But, yeah, it's going to be a hot one tomorrow. So, But I uh, got that at Brook Valley. Excited about that one. And uh, Britt and Aubrey going to be getting married. Uh, the Browns, future, another Brown family, Christopher and Marty Brown's son, Britt, going to be getting married. And congratulations to them, Britt and Aubrey. And, uh going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. Enjoy it, Morgan, and uh, we will talk to you again soon, man. I uh, appreciate you joining us today. Thank you, sir, and uh, good job this year, by the way, on uh, announcing over at uh, Clark LeClaire. You do a great job, as always. I uh, appreciate you having me on. Thank you, Morgan. Uh, my season finale coming up tomorrow at Clark LeClaire Stadium. Looking forward to it. Uh, Morgan Ayler is joining us today here on Pirate Radio Live. Shirley Rhodes. Let's open up the booty bag and give away some Margaritaville Tropical Punch. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. 317-1250, Margaritaville. It's the paradise you can taste by simply opening a bottle of the all-new Margaritaville Tropical Punch. Flavors like Mango Peach Paradise, Strawberry Daiquiri, and Beach Breezy. We invite you to a place where the sun is always shining and the breeze is just right. Margaritaville Tropical Punch Vacation is just a sip away. Find vacation state of mind wherever you are at Margaritaville Tropical Punch on Instagram. We are giving away a 12-pack right now. Shirley, uh, caller 12? Caller 12 must be 21 over. Thank you for the fine print. Back with more on Pirate Radio Live. We'll talk some club baseball with the head coach of the ECU Club Baseball Pirates, Ryan Gosney, when we return after this.
You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. For the latest breaking news, interesting uh, stories, and awesome contests that uh, can make you a winner, be sure to follow Pirate Radio on our social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PR927FM. Join the over 55,000 followers today. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Barack. All right, back inside Pirate Radio Live. We'll talk some ECU Club Baseball, the dynasty that is ECU Club Baseball, back in the Club World Series. And their head coach joins us now inside the Pirate Radio studios, Ryan Gosney. Ryan, Welcome in. How you doing, man? Doing well. Thank you for having me. Appreciate your time, and uh, thanks for joining us today. As uh, again, the legacy just goes on. I remember back in the day having my buddy Joe Karachi on to talk uh, club baseball, and and we've talked to other coaches since then. But you've uh, taken over this program, and uh, you said this is year one for you, right? This is first year coaching, yes, sir. So first year coaching after being a player on the That's team. Right. I played the first year in 2018 played the four years in between from then to last year and now coaching so why'd you uh, decide to stick around and, and coach the team um ben fox our previous coach decided after last season that he was going to hang it up and, and focus on his family for a little bit and they needed a coach and i still had a year of grad school and, and wanted to step in and kind of fill the gap all right so for folks that don't know we've talked about it quite a bit on the show over the years but club baseball uh can you kind of just give us the the nuts and bolts of of club baseball you know how you get your your players in and and uh what all it encompasses here at east carolina so ecu has a great infrastructure for club sports in general um they support the programs very well it's uh in some places it's intramural-esque in other places it's built as a competitive college program and and that's what they try to do here at ecu and and basically we just have a fall tryout each semester in the fall um numbers vary you know with with covid things kind of took a little downturn just numbers wise because last year we had a very late notice on whether we were going to have a season or not um and so that kind of hurt the numbers a little but it's typically a fall tryout tryout from august to september we'll put out the word either at the you know the mall event before the fall semester in Mm -hmm. the summers um and then we've also have emailed guys guys have emailed us as the program has gone gone on and grown um but it's it's a yearly thing where we add through a tryout um there's usually 30 to 35 guys that we roll with each season and it's it's pretty competitive we've had numbers in the upwards of 80 90 guys at the beginning of a tryout each wow. fall so uh ryan gosney joining us east carolina club baseball on its way to the world series where is the uh world series this year's world series is in greenwood south carolina at okay. uh, lander university not terrible travel then no not too bad to there much better than kansas last year <laughs> uh so th- tell us about the season this year how did you guys do so you know things didn't always come as easily for us this season we lost our very first game of the year we dropped a couple games, um, actually ended up losing an out-of-conference series, which is not, not a common occurrence for us. Um, but, you know, the guys have, have, at every turn, that they could have folded it up and, and looked for the easy way out. They've dug their feet in. We've played harder and gotten better and better. Who are uh, some of the individuals that stood out this year on the team? Um, offensively, definitely Zach Nicholson, um, a, a Greenville local himself. Um, 
He's hit the ball incredibly well. A great average this year. Hit for power and and from years past, you know, improved in two strike situations and cut strikeouts down by a lot. Um, and then on the pitching side of things, another Pitt County local, Tyler Colmore, has pitched the ball incredibly well for us and stepped up with some. Um, situations where we've had other guys get hurt and he's stepped up and taken the ball and run with it every time any relation to cam he is his little brother okay yeah. all right uh, we've had cam on the show uh in the past before uh great to hear the local guys uh playing well and you, you said you've got huge numbers uh before you 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 know finalize your roster so do you have your guys specialized or do you have a lot of two-way guys how does it work for your um team? we have actually one guy who who plays both he's uh he's Cody Sear, he's played some in right field and pitched some, but typically it is specialized. You know, position players hit and play the field, and then we have pitcher onlys who fill out the pitching staff. How about your background before you became a club baseball player, a student here at East Carolina? Um, well, what about your playing days? Where did you go to high school? So I was actually homeschooled. Um, I, I grew up in the Greensboro area and played for a Raleigh homeschool team throughout high school and then went to a Division three program my freshman year to play and then transferred here into ECU in the fall of 2016. Awesome. Uh, so you, uh, you have a big baseball background. What, what are you, you going to do in the, uh, the real world once you get there? Uh, that's, that's something baseball-related? I'm looking to do something, you know, college athletic administration. Yeah. I just finished my master's in sport management trying awesome. to get into the college athletic department world. What are the uh, are there academic requirements to play on the club yes, team? Yes, uh, the school and the NCBA has a GPA requirement. Uh, I believe it's a two five at ECU, and I believe it's a two um, from the NCBA. Um, that gets checked every fall and spring semester to make sure guys are you know within the the proper parameters to be on the team and play. I remember talking to Joe and Ben in the past, uh, and as a head coach, you're not just filling out a lineup card and doing baseball those types of things like. You are looking over the entire program, correct? So what all does head coach of ECU Club Baseball entail as far as your duties? Um, uh, mostly, you know, this year we've had a lot of help from one of the one of the guys on the team, Brandon Ward. His parents are local and have helped us out with a lot of things. And then our uh, assistant coach, Michael Crumpler, was a former president of the team the last three years. And he's, you know, kind of helped some of the younger guys run the thing as far as, you know, what they do with the school and mm-hmm. club sports and those kinds of things. But and then for me, um, it's it really is mostly baseball, making sure the guys are, are doing what they needed to do on the baseball front, um, umpire scheduling, um, making sure we have fields, those kinds of things. Yeah. Since we do not have, you know, our own facility to use at our own leisure, you know, we got to make sure we're scheduling those things and, and doing all that in advance so that things go smoothly. Where do you guys practice and play? We practice and play at Guy Smith Stadium. All right. Which is newly named RV Stadium. Yep. Ronald Vincent, uh, who we had on the Brian Bailey Show on Monday, is a uh, high school baseball playoffs going on right now. So, Ryan, uh, if you're – are, are you going to be back next year, or are you going to hand over the reins to, to someone else? Um, that's I'd say that's undecided right now. Okay, um, it's just going to depend, you know, where where job and life takes me at this point. There you go, Ryan Gosney joining us. So let's talk about this upcoming World Series down in South Carolina. When does it begin? Uh, the first games will start next Friday. Our first game is Saturday morning. Um, we'll play Cal Poly. Um, we're the four seed. They're the five seed. So, How many teams? It's eight teams uh, compromised of eight regional winners. There's eight regions spread out through the U.S. The winner of each you know, go, goes to the World Series, and they have a formula where they seed everybody based on uh, rank, 
record and those kinds of things all right uh is there a, a favorite in the group outside of yourselves would you say who had the best year um penn state is the one seed and they're kind of a perennial strong uh club baseball program uh florida state as well and, and those are two teams that we've actually played in the world series as recently as 2018 so I, I would say that they're definitely two of the teams to be on the lookout for did you win a championship as a player i didn't i didn't i you was a, got there but i was a student here at ecu in the 2016-17 year where okay. they won the national championship but i didn't play how many national championships has this program won two okay 2011 and 2017 there you go and uh looking for number three this year uh will those games be available uh to stream in some capacity as far as i know if it's the same as years past they'll do a radio stream uh prior to the semifinal, and then once the semifinal starts they stream video and, and live audio for those as well we were here doing a live show not that long ago and somebody had sent us a link that and it was the club basketball team i believe in the championship if you're familiar i don't know if you're familiar with that yep. but uh, yeah, it shows you that the, the club sports here at East Carolina. Do you have any idea how many club sports there actually are at ECU? I, I don't. I know that it's a very large number in comparison yeah. to most, most That's great. universities. Gives uh, folks an opportunity to continue playing and, and have a good time. And really, when I ask athletes who are done playing, whether it be college or professional, they, the thing they say they miss the most is like being in the locker room, being around the guys, being at practice every day. And this gives kids opportunity to continue to do that for a few more years absolutely i mean there are guys that i never actually played with that i have met through the program that i talk to almost daily it's it's very much a family and it's very much something that sticks with you beyond the playing days yeah and for some it's not the end i mean we had tanner duncan on the show and uh he is uh is he still he's playing pro baseball he's pitching with the high point rockers right now looking to get back into affiliated baseball yeah was with the astros i believe Mm -hmm. previously so uh yeah we uh we enjoyed talking to tanner we need to get him back on the program and uh get a life update on tanner duncan ryan gosney joining us here so ryan uh, is there any way uh for folks to help you out as far as travel as far as lodging things like that so we we get a significant amount of help from the sga and the club sports um program at ecu but uh a lot of the financial responsibility does fall on the players and their families um, we have a, a link out on our Twitter and our Instagram uh, that they can take you to a fundraising page, um, and that'll help with travel costs, uh, food, and then field rental while we're there, hotel expense, and those kinds of things. Good deal. Ryan Gosney joining us. Any other info we need to get out there, Ryan? Not that I can think of. Okay. It's, uh, if you think of something, let us know. Sounds good. And we'll get it out there. Ryan, uh, thanks for joining us today. Good luck to you guys, man. We'll uh, We'll keep in touch. And get an update with you and uh how about win the whole thing and come back and we'll celebrate that sounds good to me thank you for having me <laughs> all right ryan gosney joining us today on pirate radio live we'll take a time out come back have more for you right after this
You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Did you miss a show on Pirate Radio this week? Well, you can listen to all of Pirate Radio's archived local programming by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Spotify. Subscribe today by going to the podcast app on your iPhone or Apple device and search for Pirate Radio Audio Archives. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All righty, Justin Thomas right now, six under par in the lead. He is uh, finished for the day. Some golfers still on the course out at the PGA Championship on our Buccaneer Music Hall leaderboard presented by Da Buck. Da Buck. Earlier today, uh talked to Mark Greenhelge Golf Shop Radio Show. At the time of that recording, JT was still was in the lead. He is still in the lead at the time this interview uh, is being aired. Here's how it sounded when I uh, checked in with Greeny and talked to him earlier today and asked Greeny how he was doing on this Friday. I'm doing great, Cliff. How are you doing? Doing good and uh, enjoyed following the first couple rounds of the PGA Championship. Harold Varner III ends Friday at two over par. Looks like he will be playing into Saturday and Sunday. And Greeny, as I'm watching him, I think back to all of our conversations where you've talked about Harold is good enough to be a, a, a tournament winner on the PGA Tour if he can figure out what's going on on the green. And, and man, he's been on quite a great stretch here with uh, with top 20 finishes, top 15, top 10 finishes. But the uh, I, I guess what you say, the old Harold popped up today, missed a lot of putts that could have had him with a really good score uh, through two, uh, two rounds. Yeah, uh, same thing. When you look at the stats, I mean, his strokes gained – T to green so far through two rounds is just over four. So he's basically gained four shots in the field, uh, T to green, mm. but he's lost 2.3 on the greens. So, you know, all that good work that you're doing T to green, you're, you're almost giving it all back on the greens. And that's been the story so far. And again, I mean, the one tournament he won over in, uh, you know, over in the European tour, he made the long putt and, you know, he putted pretty good over there. Um, now, I will say it's going to be interesting to see how it goes this afternoon because PGA did leave. They did not cut the greens with the anticipation of 40-mile-an-hour gusts this afternoon. They didn't want balls to start rolling all over the place. Now, the interesting thing is the wind had laid down a little bit, but now it's starting to kick back up again. So the case yesterday, Greeny, I get were the morning scores better than the afternoon? And, again, we're recording this uh, – at the time of this recording, so uh, we'll see how your prediction goes. But uh, do you expect today the the scores that are in now to maybe be better than what's coming up later today? Yeah, there were a lot uh, a, a lot better. I mean, uh, Justin Thomas got it in at three under. I think um, one other player happened to get in at like two under. I think that was um, Matt Fitzpatrick. And, and other than that, you weren't really seeing a whole lot of low scores in that afternoon session yesterday. The wind came up a little bit in the afternoon, um, so it really only impacted the guys that were finishing up in the morning wave yesterday. But the guys in the afternoon wave got to deal with that wind most of the day, really didn't lay down that much late in the afternoon. Um, so those guys that, that were going early yesterday and late today definitely have the advantage. But at the same time, I mean, they have predicted the wind goes back down, but like I just said, I think it just kicked back up again. So it's going to be interesting to see how these guys come out Cut being at plus three right now, 
kind of anticipated to go to plus four. I don't think it'll get to plus five. Mark Greenhill's Golf Shop Radio Show joining us. Greeny Harold uh, found the water yesterday on a par three. Also saw uh, one particular hole that had some nice trees and rough in the middle of the fairway. What is, uh, is anything unique stand out about this uh, particular course in Tulsa, Oklahoma to you? Well, they've done a major redesign to this, and they tried to kind of go back to the way the greens were originally. Um, over the years, when you know you hit shots out of sand traps, the sand goes onto the green, and the edges of the green start to get built up a little bit, and then everything funnels to the middle of the green. So they tried to kind of correct that, where everything now on the edges kind of funnels off the green. They, they uh, took away a lot of the rough around the greens, and then they went out, and, and you're actually seeing this creek that goes throughout the golf course, it kind of had been lost in a lot of places. And uh, Gil Hansen and his crew kind of kind of reestablished that creek in some areas and, and not necessarily in play a lot of times. But with the rough, if you hit it in the rough and you have to lay up, that creek becomes an issue on some of the holes that maybe it wasn't back in 07 and in previous U.S. Open the PGA. So, and the other interesting factor about this is a lot of times what we see uh, on all golf, golf courses on the PGA Tour um, is we see fairway, we see a first cutter rough, and we see a second cutter rough. Not this week. We just have rough. So if you're off the fairway by three inches, you're in the deep stuff as opposed to that first cutter rough that we usually see. So that's made a difference. Mark Greenhouse Golf Shop Radio Show joining us at the time of this taping. Justin Thomas is in the lead, and he's done for the day. By the time you hear this, Roy McElroy, Will Zalatoris, maybe somebody will catch JT. But uh, any thoughts heading into the weekend, Greeny? Who's uh, still in contention here? Who could make a run here? Or, or do you like those guys at the top right now? Well, it's interesting. When you looked at yesterday when the in that morning wave, you had McElroy, Tom Hoagie, and Will Zalatoris were your top guys. Not one of those I would consider a really good putter. So that's what I always look at. For me, this golf course really sets up as, and I think why you saw Roy McIlroy excel yesterday was, he was really on top of his tee shot game. He was hitting the driver really well, controlling it really well, getting it into a lot of fairways. When he did miss a fairway, it was not by much. and It was in a spot that he could kind of get something up onto the green and two-putt and get out of there. We saw him make a few mistakes, missing a few greens. Missed a couple putts. His short game was a little suspect yesterday. So you look for that today. Can he maintain that good putting that he had yesterday and to go along with the good driving? If he puts those two things together over the weekend, he's always tough to catch. On the flip side of that, Justin Thomas, other than two shots that got away from him a little bit yesterday on the eighth and ninth hole, um, he has looked in complete control of his game. He has looked totally patient not trying to overpower the golf course, just kind of maneuvering his way around like when he won the Players' Championship last year. So I think that those two guys, depending on how things play out this afternoon with Rory, that could be a great battle on Saturday and Sunday. By the time uh, this airs, Greeny, this question uh, will be close to being answered, so let's get your prediction here. Will John Daly make the cut and play into Saturday and Sunday? Uh, you know, John Daly in, in the second half of his career was always good for some kind of an explosion and making a big number. So <laughs> I would probably say no. Yeah. And as you said, we're taping this. I just watched Tiger Woods hit his first tee shot. I didn't like that at all. Um, he's, he's hurt. He's never, he's not going to tell you that whatever is bothering him is the result of uh, his scores, but, uh, most other players probably would have withdrawn at this point. 
Mark Greenhill's Golf Shop Radio Show joining us on the Pirate Radio Live line. Greeny, a lot of PGA Championship talk, I'm sure, coming up. Uh, anything else on the docket for Saturday's edition of your show? Oh, yeah. We'll always talk with Bill Bender of the Sporting News. I'm sure we'll talk a little MLB, a little uh, NBA playoffs, uh, maybe some NHL, talk a little NFL. Uh, training camp started to open and getting rookies in there. Um, we're going to talk to Randy Wyant about a, a, uh, a skin view, which is trying to help people identify skin cancer, which is always a big thing for golfers since we're out in the golf course in the sun four, five, six hours a day. And then we'll catch up with uh, some putting information with Michael Little, the co-founder and VP of sales and marketing for Makefield Putters. And then we're going to go boots on the ground with uh, Golf Channel's Rex Hogger to get our PGA Championship updates. A lot of good stuff tomorrow. Great series uh, with the Bruins and Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, Canes win it as every team wins on home ice. Canes back in action tonight against the New York Rangers in a rocking PNC arena. Uh, so, Greeny, you're uh, you're a Boston Northeast guy. Do you kind of do you jump on the Canes bandwagon, or are you just? Uh, you just one team only when it comes to Now, hockey. Cliff, you should know by now after all of our conversations that when my team loses, I'm out. <laughs> That's how it should be. I respect that, Greeny. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't care. Like, as far as I'm concerned, you know, <laughs> Carolina won the Stanley Cup because they beat the Bruins. <laughs> uh, you know, what? hopefully I've got the Celtics to pull yeah. and uh, they, can, they can get into the finals and win it all, and then uh, then I'll be a little, at least a little more satisfied. Yeah, and then uh, you'll just skip the rest of the Red Sox season and get ready for the Patriots, right? Cause, uh, Correct, Yeah, and my Clemson Tigers. There you go. Greeny, uh, great to chat with you today, man. Enjoy uh, this weekend. Have a great show on Saturday. Uh, no Pirate Radio Live next Friday, Greeny, so we might see if we can track you down on uh, next Thursday and talk with you. All right, we'll do it. Thanks a lot, Clip. Thank you, Mark Greenhouse, Golf Shop Radio Show. And how about now that we're back with you live, Will Zalatoris has caught up with Justin Thomas. Uh, Will Zalatoris now six under, tied with JT at the top of the leaderboard at the PGA Championship. And guess who has Will Zalatoris? That would be Shirley Rhodes. <laughs> <laughs> what what happened to your boy Rory though? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We don't, I don't care. We don't, I don't like she cares. We don't talk about that. Uh, look, look, look. The way the pool is is whoever wins wins. Yeah. So you there's gotta, no cumulative score, no nothing. So I don't care what Roy did if he's not at the top of the of the leaderboard. And right now, my boy Will Zalatoris is carrying the load. So I'm a Will fan CJ, until what, Will is not in the first place slot anymore. What did Shirley call Will Zalatoris uh, off the air? No, it wasn't. It wasn't Zalatoris. Yes, it was. It... No, it was Shafafle. You caught him both. You had like... Souffle. Yeah, it was Souffle. I remember that one. Yeah, Souffle sh- is what but I Salator's said. Zalatoris you had is like Bellator. I don't know. Anyway. Bellator. Bellator. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, uh, Will Z and JT at the top of the leaderboard right now. Take a time out. Come back. You're ready to wrap up this Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this.
You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. The Dow ended the week on a positive note after a rough week. It was only up 8 points, though. It closed out at 31,261. The NASDAQ fell 33 points, closed out the week at 11,354, and the S&P was only up a half a point at 3,901. That's your Wells Fargo Advisors financial report for a personal look into investing. Call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors, LLC, member SIPC. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. All righty. Saw a uh, tweet, Archer for Canes. And it said, nothing like hockey in the South tailgating when it's 100 degrees. It reminded me of the only playoff game I've been to, and that was game four, round one, between the Canes and Capitals in 2019. And it was like it is today. And I just remember walking into the arena sweating uh, a hot one. And that is the case today as the Hurricanes get ready for the Rangers tonight. Some good old playoff hockey. Again, a completely different scene in Alberta as... They had to cancel the Flames outdoor watch party due to snow. So Jeez. two ends of the spectrums there uh, in the NHL playoffs. Canes and Rangers going on tonight, as will Edmonton and Calgary. Uh, the Warriors six-point favorites. CJ, we talked about it earlier. Warriors have won all seven of their home games uh, in the playoffs this year. So 7-0, including the regular season, the Warriors have won their last nine home games since 2015. Golden State is 52-11 and in the NBA playoffs at home. Mm, 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 Those mm. stats to consider from uh, Nui Scruggs, friend of the show. Ah, Nui. 52-11 uh, and 11 in the playoffs since 2015 at home. They've won them all at home this year. That's a crazy, that's a crazy stat to just keep that level – of consistency for so long now um especially when you think about when the warriors when this current warriors dynasty first started in 2015 the league looked entirely different all of the stars that we see now they were on different teams back then um so for all of these teams to change that much and the warriors to stay the same that's very impressive yeah i was about to ask they pretty much have their core nucleus throughout this whole situation yep. so which that, which goes to show you what what consistency and longevity does i mean it brings championships yep. instead of team you know players bouncing from team to team to team and i know you know sometimes you catch lightning in a bottle and you can win somewhere else but i just think there is something to be said about the level of consistency that golden state has had mm-hmm. so they won one without kd correct they won one with kd they've won none without stuff true correct on all those things yeah, that's fair. <laughs> uh so who is not on that original what was the first year they won the uh championship 20 like 15 i guess or it was the 2015 finals maybe the 2016 finals 2015 season they won 2015 um i'm gonna look at their roster i know the starters obviously clay draymond and steph are still there yeah um i imagine Iguodala didn't start actually I don't think oh uh, he won the uh he won the MVP. MVP was that the year he won yeah it? sure was Iguodala was on that team Sean Livingston 
was big time on those teams. Mm-hmm. He was good. he was an important player on those teams. Uh, Harrison Barnes, forgot about him. That's right. Isn't he a former Tar Heel? He left okay. and took some money with Sacramento. $64 million from the Kings. Yikes. <laughs> Andrew Bogut, did he play a lot for he those Warriors teams? Yep, okay. Leandro Barbosa. So, uh, a few names there that were... Uh, and one name that was at the... NBA draft lottery the other night. Anderson Vergel. What was he, ring chasing late in his career? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) So, uh, Warriors and Mavs going at it tonight. Looking forward to some more Hurricanes hockey. We'll uh, talk about it all on Monday. We'll have a big show on Monday because we'll talk to the Pirates uh, inside the Players Lounge, live from Clearwater, Florida. Also, former ECU pitcher, Smitty, Tyler Smith, going to join us in the Pirate Radio studios on Monday as well. Charlie, CJ, great work as always. We'll see you fine folks Monday, 3 o'clock on an all-new edition of Pirate Radio Live. Everybody have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you Monday. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.